Gamers, get ready for a wild ride. If you're on the hunt for a podcast that's as entertaining as your favorite game, look no further than Critical Arcade. If you're a fan of video games and you haven't listened to their show, you're seriously missing out. Nick and Dave, the dynamic duo over at Critical Arcade, bring the perfect blend of game reviews and hilarious banter to your ears every week. It's like having your gaming buddies right there with you, breaking down the latest releases and making you snort energy drink through your nose. Nick and Dave are a sapper and a Brit who have a way of turning every review into an insightful comedy show that's not to be missed. So if you're tired of boring game reviews and want to level up your podcast game, subscribe to Critical Arcade on your favorite platform now. Trust me, your commute, workout, or gaming session will never be the same again. Catch each weekly episode for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts now. Welcome to another exciting episode of The Game Buds, a musical quest. I mean, a podcast where five lifelong friends get together, smoke, and uh, jam out to some video game stuff. Uh, I'm your host, Travis, this evening, and with me are The Buds. And, as usual, I have, to my right... It's me, Nick. And, to my right... It's me, Matt. And to my right, it's me, Andy. And to my virtual right, it's me, Rhino. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. One. The buds are right. back in town. The buds are back in town. The buds are back in town. The buds are back in town. That's a jam. Yeah. The buds are back in town. The buds are back in town. Technical difficulties with my headphones. <laughs> the buds are back in town. All right, doing the some buds tricks. Are back in town. <clears throat> All right, yes, the game buds. We're back. Like I said, we're. We're um, we're having a musical adventure this evening, but not like the usual musical adventure. Um, we're gonna we're gonna dive a little bit deeper and have a elevated discussion this evening about our favorite video game composers. Something alluded to many times throughout our podcast is that we love video game music, and so much so that we've had four or so episodes about video game music. So, mm-hmm. well, why not another one? Um, and just celebrate and yeah. gush about uh, specifically the people who brought us these songs. These banger tracks. Yeah. yeah. There are many, many, many out there. Um, 
there will be probably a lot of not surprises. But you know, <laughs> we might we might shock you. I'm, and th- I'm throwing a bit maybe. of a curveball. Yeah. So cool. I, I hope you guys are ready for that. I'm interested to hear um, your selections yeah. this evening. Um, we're gonna go in our new format, so this will not be the usual roundtable uh, examples, but we will give a little brief uh, talk about. You know, we'll go through it, but yeah, we're, we're gonna hopefully influence you, and maybe you'll check out some of these uh, composers' uh, repertoire, if you will. So, if you will, why don't you join us when packing the bowl? Oh, hold on. <laughs> um, I, 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 I'm, gonna have, I'm definitely going to have to edit out this silence. I wasn't not ready. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Sorry. <laughs> Whew. Sorry, we didn't put the weed in the grinder. Hey, look, it's packed. All right. Yes. Would you look at that? It's packed. All right, yes. So, um... Video game composers, they make up one of the pillars of, well, the video game itself. Well, nowadays, back in back in the creation of games, they definitely were not important at all. Most games were silent. Um, maybe had sound effects, but that was about it. Um, but nowadays, like, the, the, the soundtrack can make or break a game. Or, like, uh, if not... That it could elevate a game from just a regular game to a some like a like a completely amazing experience. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, like I said, they didn't. Uh, game music really didn't start out with the creation of video games. It really didn't come until later in the seventies when arcades started installing specific <laughs> computer chips that would like create analog sound that would make up the loops and the short segments mm. of it. So it'd be more of like a you know. Yeah. Hard into it. Before that, it was literally just blips and silence. Yeah, yeah. It was just like if you got if you if you were lucky enough to get blips, maybe maybe a jingle every now and yeah. then through through blips, a like a little a little fanfare that some, somebody made. Yeah. Some sort of feedback, but it's usually just and let you know something's happening. But a lot of times you just heard, you know, like from your arcade. Yeah, that was a pretty accurate. Yeah, this is the buttons. Like stuff like that, like nonstop sound effects, like and nothing else. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, Pac-Man, Galaga, all the oldest arcades. It's yeah, just, it's just blips, like nonstop. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like later on, like in the late '80s, we started getting a little more advanced arcades. Um, you want to know what the first game composer con- that I could find online who was and what game it was? For? I'm curious about that. <laughs> yeah, anyone have a it guess? It was for asteroids, right? Close. Same setting. It was. Uh, I guess Asteroids kind of has a uh, a soundtrack because it's like beep, boop. But this was boop. like the first song that has like an actual like song, like continuous loop, and so this would be like what I'm talking about, like actual continuous like background music. Nick, you're thinking of Invaders, <sighs> Space Invaders. Boop, boop. Yeah. Boop. <laughs> and Nick got it right then. If it's Space Invaders, it's Tomohiro Nishikado's Space Invaders in 1978 uh. by Taito. Taito, Taito, Tudo. The first game with a continue loop as BGM. Uh. <clears throat> that's as far as I could find. That's the most conse- like consistent answer I got. Um, fun facts that I found. A couple fun facts. Uh, most early games were most of the game music was written in assembly language, which is interesting. Like a lot of that. Which which is pretty much mean? just like they programmed it to make beeps and boops. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not and even certain- close. How you yeah, do it now? Like it's it's kind of like a if then clause with programming. Like if this happens, then it plays this <clears throat> sound. 
Yeah, you're just you're basically a sound engineer. Um, and then Super Mario Bros. was the first game to integrate music fundamentally into a game design. Ah, really? Leave it to Super Mario to change the landscape again. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. Makes sense. No wonder. Always. So groundbreaking. And, uh, <clears throat> okay, so before we uh, get into this juicy snack I had prepared, <laughs> um, I want to know your guys' thoughts about uh, what a video game composer means to you guys. Like, what does it mean? I mean, if we're talking about, like, composers, I think, honestly, composers are kind of the most unsung yet, like, most important part of a video game experience, for me personally. Mm -hmm. Um, I I just imagine, like, half the games you've played, you know, without music. If I were to play, like, Red Dead Redemption 2 without any of those (laughs) musical cues, (laughs) like, it... It just wouldn't have had that impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and it wouldn't have felt yeah. as... It, yeah, that, it, the, the music in that game specifically I felt mean, so... I can give an early beautiful. example, a very early example in my in my life of music having uh, a, a huge visible effect on, on me. And it was with Final Fantasy IV, or two at the time... <laughs> the, the the panic song in that mm-hmm. when I was a kid, bum, 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 yeah, bum, it scared yeah. the shit out of me. I felt oh. like I felt like things were really really bad when wow. that song played. Like I was like scared when that song played, <laughs> or when they figured out Edgar was or not, Anna was dead, and they went da 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 da. Yeah, yeah, that scared me too. <laughs> Um, like so, that, that, that sense of dread and stuff. So every, every song in Shadowgate yeah. was scary. Yeah, <laughs> Shadowgate yeah. for NES. Every song somehow was scary. So a loss of depth. It, it, the game I, loses. A, a, I think it loses a whole layer of depth <laughs> mm-hmm. with, without any music. Yeah, I mean some games do well with silence, and I think silence. Silence in itself can be a form of like ambiance and music oh, in yeah. a game of course. If, mm-hmm. if it's used strategically. But if a game just doesn't have anything. Um, then yeah. for me something is lost, and uh, yeah, that's my personal <clears throat> thought on it. All right, Matt, what about you? Um, yeah, good music it definitely makes a game. Bad music turns a game offensive and <laughs> is the straw that breaks the camel's back when it comes to uh, or the last straw when it comes to discarding a game that you're never gonna want to play again. The bad music that you can't get through. Oh yeah, oh, I yeah. mean you could you could turn a game off before you've actually experienced what the game has to offer if the music is bad enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Although some people can actually just turn all the sound off and continue playing. I usually cannot. It depends on the game. There are some games mm-hmm. that I, I definitely have just I just play with other music on. Yeah. I don't care. The music either is non-existent mm-hmm. or just bland. Power is one of those games for me where it's like has so minimal music all the time i just turn a podcast or uh exactly. other music on mm-hmm. i mean a good yeah. composer really matters i mean take your favorite series and whenever a new game comes out and suddenly they've switched composers and the music is not only different but a step down a it, significant yes. downgrade and so you're like oh no is the series gonna be like this forever <laughs> yeah what's going on here Yes. Yeah. Okay. So music by association with something. Okay. It it can be a quality associator. Yeah. You can be like, oh no, the series went to shit when they switched composers. True. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. I mean, it's it's a lot like. Well, I in in some ways it's a lot like film where it's uh it it builds mood and like creates tension in uh 
like in in college i took a a film class and we we had to watch scenes like with the music and scenes without the music and like i mean imagine like a fistful of dollars or good bad and ugly without ennio marconi yeah in the background yeah, yeah. That iconic song, you know. Or imagine exactly. the the end of Star Wars, the throne, the medal ceremony, if there was just no music. Imagine <laughs> how awkward it would be. Yeah, it totally <laughs> changes the mood. Yeah, exactly. I think we watched, he showed us like a scene of like, um, of like an American flag and like scenes of a, of a school or something. And the music is like the music is actually sad that they put on but when you see the shots it looks like kind of like triumphant but it's actually like a movie about like school shootings or something and he's Uh, like see like when they did these shots to like like low shots of the flag to like idolize to make it look powerful and like but it's actually a sad movie so that's why the music is important. Yeah, the like, music it sets context. Yeah, it, and you know, but uh, it's a little different for games because not every game is gonna have like that level of mood setting. You know, no. like school shooting oh, level. Not of every mood movie setting. has that uh, level of mood <laughs> yeah. setting either. Some so. games, <laughs> some games just have jammers for no reason. Like, there's no yeah. reason this game should have this puzzle game or this like. Barbie horse adventure game yeah, shouldn't have should. this jamming ass music. Like, there it is. But know. it's here. Here we go. <laughs> and some, I, I think there's some games that, you know, they'll, the music may not be as important where it's just like, it's going to be background music and it's okay to swap it out with your own music. If you're going to be spending hundreds of hours, like, I mean, the Minecraft music is actually pretty banging, but, you know, oh, something yeah. like that. That music is surprisingly good. It, like, it shouldn't be that good, it but should, it is. Yeah. But it is. Yeah, but yeah. The, you know these, like, little 10-year-olds ain't fucking appreciating that part of the game. Yeah, they're probably blasting Kanye West over it or Oh, something. my God. I don't even know what kids listen to these days. I don't days. know what they. Yeah, I don't. Whatever, know. whatever the kids listen to now, Kanye West or Kanye West, Train, 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 Maroon Five. Or, yeah, I think that's what they're these were into popular again. bands back in like 2010. Oh, but yeah, <laughs> we're all still so far behind. When we were not even kids, damn. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So definitely. Yeah, it's, it's a crucial thing, especially now as we get closer and closer to, like, games. <clears throat> games have become, like, real art, you know, like, mm-hmm. not just toys, so. Yeah. All right. Ryan, what about you? Uh, well, I mean, pretty much what I've said, what, what I think has been already said, but, you know, like, the game's atmosphere, like, with Red Dead, especially with modern games, uh, it builds atmosphere just like even small little like background songs and stuff like that or small little jingles that play can just entirely change your experience on it. But for me, I think about like early games when music was way more important back in like the NES, SNES era where like it was all melodic and stuff too. Like it like yeah. that it was melodic in the way that like it almost could have lyrics with the way it was laid out. But uh, mostly 
it was just uh, you know what fucking love music and video games <laughs> I, can't, I can't even yeah. put into words music and video games are like yin and yang man they're like two <laughs> fucking peas in a pod peanut butter and jelly they're under a pre- and you, nick was right like the, the the they're unsung heroes like people don't respect video game music as real music but it really it's real it is real music you can hear mm-hmm. it so <laughs> it's 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 real music but people don't respect it as real music which is just a shame yeah i mean it gets the same treatment than any like uh genre that isn't in the main bubble well guess what the jocks are dying and the nerds are rising so yeah, I, I can't wait for all the jocks to fucking die oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't get <laughs> <laughs> Fedoras forever, jocks are never, man. <laughs> well, all right. Well, that well. brings it to you, Trav. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I agree. Game composer, while uh, I, it, it all depends on the game, I, I think it gets the spectrum because, like, it, it is more crucial now. It's definitely more crucial, but mm-hmm. it's it's like uh, there's still instances where it's not as important, where uh, atmosphere is more important, so the game music is less uh, prominent. Yeah. So you get like that, and that's not my kind of. I like I, soundscapes and atmospherical music for soundtracks is like in the realm where I'm not as interested in. Like it's just not my thing, but I do appreciate yeah. it, and it definitely it's more of adding to the game as opposed to being enjoyed outside of the game. You know what I'm saying? I guess. Yeah, it's not something you would like buy on vinyl and listen to. Like, yeah, uh, not often. Like, but it it's still very important. I think like game posers are like all these points are valid, and I I agree. Uh, but I, would I definitely I, buy if if I had a a vinyl collection, I would definitely be investing in video game vinyls. <laughs> oh yeah, that's really I do have really cool. Some. It was like hearing that in like high quality is a completely different experience. Yeah, but yeah, I think I think it's a very in the end, I think it is very necessary, and if you're not really like taking that aspect of a game into consideration at least a little bit, you're missing out on a whole, whole experience. Yeah, you're not yeah. getting the whole pie. You're yeah, just you're not getting the whole the game. You're not getting the whole game. Yeah. Um, but with that, let's uh, let's let's green this bowl. Let's green it. <laughs> Woo! Woo! So. What I have to ask you guys while we green this poll is uh, what makes a good video game soundtrack and what is the difference between video game music that establishes atmosphere and tone as opposed to music that just rules or is like something more abstract to the game? Hmm. I mean... We can take those questions separately. Yeah, I think good video game music... um most importantly, has to be something that you're going to remember, something mm-hmm. that you're going to recall and enjoy mm-hmm. listening, uh, enjoy like remembering. Yeah. Uh, and I think with modern, uh, with a lot of modern video games, one of my big issues is is that they're so close to movie scores now that my brain doesn't yeah. remember. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't hear like these memorable like jingles or things anymore. Like you never hear something that's like. Like the Mario song, like Mario's Overworld song anymore. Mm-hmm. It's all like uh, I played through Spider-Man 2, and there's like the one little hook yeah. in the uh, in the score that happens over and over again. But other than that, it sounded like a movie. And yeah. uh, With that particular yeah. game, it just it tries to emulate the just 
superhero move superhero mm-hmm. movies. Yeah, and that's what a lot yeah, of games do. I mean, that's what a lot of like first person shooter games do and stuff now. That they, they're all like emulating the movie genre that they mm-hmm. that yeah. you know. But you get games like Red Dead Redemption or uh, or Last of Us where you're just walking through, it'll be silent, and then slowly and ambiently the music will cut in while you're doing something. Yeah. And uh, and there's a lot of, like, songs in both those games that just, like, kind of play through my head every now and then. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, where was that from? Well, you know. Like, I I remember it. I don't exactly remember exa- the, the exact moment or what game it's from, but I do remember those songs mm-hmm. pretty well. It's, uh, if you think about it, it's like, where do they pull the inspiration? Older games, like, in, like, early aughts and 90s and such their inspiration was drawn directly from like music like yeah working popular music yeah but it was also working with limitation yeah also that uh, and it was easier with those that but now when they're imitating they're with the newer games they're actually their inspiration is film scores yeah so they're pulling a completely different genre and then you get the games like ryan's talking about that's more like think of it like an indie movie or something that pulls a lot of extra like songs and it's more like the music is more uh like intertwined with the movie you yeah. know and you get that kind of experience and that's more like the inspiration of old games you know yeah that's some, like that intersect some... well with so for me with the with the old games it was either like the song played during the level and it ended and you remembered it and liked it or you fucking hated it like if you ever played arrow the acrobat this is a prime example of music. Of a bad video game wrong. soundtrack. I can, uh, here, I can, uh, just for one version, just for the Super Nintendo version, by the way. The, the Sega oh version has goodness. different music. But I know exactly what you're talking about. And I can. Are you, are you play, pulling it up right now? Yeah, I can play a little, a little snippet of a, what uh, is definitely a shitty fucking. This is bad game design. This is bad sound design right here. Yeah, here we go. This is hilarious, though. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, it's all like circus music, you know. It's it, it's invasive. Ooh. It's invasive, horrific yeah, it's not music very good. that just like plays through the background, and like constantly at the same volume there's like it doesn't get dimmer it doesn't get louder like it just same consistent loud volume that is bad game design but like in mario and stuff like that the music was not invasive it was background music well it was incorporated into the flow of the game and the in that whole game feel yeah exactly it wasn't just slapped on there at the end or like that's what that feels like just slapped on but you know they're... i'm sure when they made the music oh, God. oh. It hits you. It hits you like a frying pan. <laughs> but yeah. uh, it interrupts. I was I was gonna I was time. gonna say something and it just cut me off really hard I, from how I, I had a thought. I, we might have had the same thought. I was oh, gonna say that it's the Genesis version that sucks. Uh, oh, oh man, that's worse. Just, it, it literally cut me off. That's the, how hard it hits. A lot of times in that era, uh, the game composer was just given a brief description of what the game was, and they just mm-hmm. made the music based off that. 
Oh yeah, and they that could see, explain some disconnect. They didn't you know? see the finished product. There's no incorporate. They're literally just making a music for a game about Arrow the Acrobat, and they're just yeah. thinking like, circus. Hey, hey, he, got he, it. he works at a circus. Oh, okay, circus music. And he never leaves. That's the not circus. gonna annoy everybody. And also, then, at the time, gaming wasn't nearly as big, so like it was people like that were that like would relate it to like radio music probably. Yeah. Well, when you see mm. games like coming out around the same era of Arrow the Acrobat, like Mario World and uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, like the music makes much more sense in those games, and it's not okay. So, well, skill of the composer with the hardware they're given is a big factor, oh, yeah. The, yeah, and that, and so like things yeah. like a thing, especially for like Sega Genesis games, they had something called the Gems Engine, which is like the built-in like sound program and that it's, horrific, it's that notoriously horrific ugly and everything so mm-hmm. and there are people who didn't know how to work around that and incorporate their own samples and stuff so they just used that and whenever they did like arrow the acrobat did what you guys heard that's what the gems engine does and <sighs> it's it's very bad and <laughs> uh yeah so if you and, and especially if you're not like a skilled composer it, like it, not only do you have to be good at music but you have to be good at hardware so there's like a yeah. back in the day composing you had to be like a programmer too because mm-hmm. yeah. they they did what was called a tracker where uh it was all hexadecimal notes and it was all vertically scrolling so you had to like tweak each note note by note in a program and all the silences are their own like hexadecimal code and everything so Jeez. yeah it's it's hard i've used trackers before and it is definitely not of the most uh intuitive way to compose music so they're like fluent in music theory and then fluent in programming yep <laughs> yeah they have to be they have to yeah. figure out how to work the hardware two different languages and a to lot of, translate yeah you know and a lot of times uh, they were only one of them and it's usually just the programming <laughs> side yeah like there's a lot of times where it's just some dude who's like i guess i'm the composer of this game too <laughs> some, <laughs> just some uh, like one of the actual programmers is like it's the one happened. guy that smokes weed. Oh, well, we're talking about and sometimes really early it, gaming we're talking about really early, early that happened through the 90s like by, too man by arrow the acrobats appearance in 1991 i want to say 92 they had a few years Ninety three. Ninety three. Yeah, it was they, like halfway through the Super Nintendo's life had and enough time <laughs> yeah. to to step up their music, but like that was just like lazy, slapped on, oh. horrible. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a good example of a bad sound. Good old Brian. good old mm-hmm. Sega America nineties. And we can also bring up our favorite bad song, the basement theme. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We want to jump uh, into the bad side where we think of what a, a song of fraudulent death to Resident dude. Evil. <laughs> a guy who pretended to be deaf composed. And he just wasn't a good money. He like, just what he was none of those things at all. He, he was he, nothing. He, he none of the things he said everything. he was. It was a full on lie. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. When a game, this song is laughably, laughably bad. Like it's like, how, how did they release this? Somebody listened to this and approved it. Scary, (laughs) it's scary bad. I mean, what do you do if you have your higher ups telling you this is the man, this is the person that we want 
to compose the music, what what do you do? Like he's, you can't tell them no. He's gonna you be. Do your he's job. the Japanese Beethoven. You, we have you, to have him. Doesn't matter what it sounds like. They're, they I doubt they have any authority to say this is bad. And I doubt the people <laughs> up, up higher above are about like care at all anyway. He's deaf. Don't. The first like thirty seconds of that song is just one long fart. <laughs> That's all it is. Oh man. Oh man, we dipped our toes in some grossness. Uh, so let's go back into talking yeah. about. Uh, let's let, let's talk specifically about. Uh, um, let's do the second one first because I think that's a little more interesting. What is uh, what is the difference between a game music that establishes atmosphere as opposed to just those games that are like detached? What exactly do you mean by by like that? Like there, like so, like puzzle games. There's no like, uh, yeah. not, there's like no tone or anything that the music's going to set. It's an abstract it just has thing. To, it has to just be kind of so or fighting that, games sometimes, depending well, on the game. I think fighting games setting tone is important, but uh, no. a lot, a lot of it, uh, yeah. Like for example, Tekken's got more atmospheric, but those are really, really good Tekken, songs Tekken's too. Tekken's got some like hard pumping fucking but techno I'm, songs. It does. Um, yeah, I think. Um, like I said earlier, I think just most importantly, things need to be memorable. So regardless of whether it's setting atmosphere or just needs to be there. Because, um, like, if you were to play Tetris and there was just no music, it would be... I mean, I guess for some people, they play it like that. But mm-hmm. for me, it needs that song. Mm-hmm. Like, that song is part of the Tetris experience. Yeah, um, Tetris DS is the best and for that. I think there's a way to... Com- if for puzzle games and stuff, there's a way to compose music that fits the mood you know like that kind of like doesn't make you feel like you're gonna panic or maybe they want you to panic so mm-hmm. they throw in musical cues i think a lot of puzzle games have gotten really into that actually thinking about it like uh busted grooves and and tetris effect yeah I was gonna there's, say, a, there's even a version of tetris that is all bubble about bubble. the music that is playing in i was the gonna background. say i have i have played plenty of puzzle games that have really hopping soundtracks mm-hmm. to a lot of the pokemon ones that's a bad example because there's a high a high chance that if you're playing a puzzle game for some reason and you're gonna have some awesome music like in a lot of yeah. <laughs> in a lot of open-ended like open world games where you farm things a lot they do atmospheric like atmospheric music that changes melody like and progresses over time like uh minecraft and terraria both have like orchestral soundtracks that mm-hmm. like that like change into like techno and house and stuff mm-hmm. they like morph over time and it's it's neat to just jam to the music to them too yeah, you know, I I feel like what what, what was the question again? Because what makes oh right oh, uh, let's the difference see. between atmospheric and like a more focused like melodic soundtrack? Yeah, yeah. I, I think like things like licensed music. That's kind of where you get into the music that's just kind of slapped on there to be there. But it can also Sometimes. be used very effectively. Like Tony Hawk did it ex- uh, super effectively. Crazy Taxi, like yeah. that game, that yeah. music is yeah. like the Offspring. Just as, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's yeah, not like yeah, yeah, the game yeah. isn't fun; yes. it wouldn't work without it. But like it, it, it's so much synonymous and like makes it amplifies that feeling. It just makes it feel like Crazy Taxi. Yeah, I yeah. guess without without those like Offspring songs, that game would feel very different. And it was very <laughs> yeah. different because the Xbox 360 version was notorious for not having all those things. Oh, they took yeah. them out. They did take them out, didn't they? Yeah, it was a whole big deal. I mean, they had to get the licenses again. It, so <laughs> it plummeted sales. People were purposely oh, not, not buying I'm it because not, of that. Yeah, 
I can't really think of many examples besides like older games where it was just like like we were saying earlier, like it's like a mediocre game, but for some reason the fucking soundtrack bops. It's it's definitely yeah. a, it's something that happens less and less. I feel like when you get to those like more indie games now. And shovelware is like the only time I feel like really the only place you'll see this stuff happen anymore. Yeah, they probably just like got some royalty free music and yep. like slapped it in their game. Because an enemy yeah. game is most likely going to have even better music oh. because it's usually someone focused on that. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. it's like one. It, yeah, it's like one person hired to do all of the music. Mm-hmm. Music in, in in indie games is usually a much heavier focus. I yeah, yeah. I, I yes. agree. Yes, indie games have great music a lot of the time. So I feel like that, like that, like type of thing is kind of definitely went away like it was definitely like an instance that just kind of happened like early aughts and earlier yeah and so like and then now it's more like they they're like heavily drawn from that inspiration and make awesome music or mm-hmm. they use the like the the atmospheric route Okay, Travis, I'm yeah. looking at your notes, and there's at least one bad song I, I just have to play. Yes. Um, and I think you know which one of the two that I'm going to pick, because <laughs> it's, not- it's notorious. Yep. Um, Andy, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but have you ever heard of the game Crazy Bus? <laughs> Crazy Bus. Okay, well, let, l- listen to the music first. Here is the title screen for Crazy Bus. And maybe there's probably some sort of subsect of wannabe music snobs who think this is some sort of noise masterpiece. You like Seabat, don't you? This is just garbage. All right, here we go. I'm going to skip like 30 seconds ahead. That's 30 seconds. It's just that. Jesus fucking Christ. Oh my god, is it just that? <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's that's, it that's almost four oh minutes long, god. and it's all like that. That's is abrasive. The whole... yeah. That's I'm fucking blown out after that. I read in the comics if, comments, if you open it in six tabs, that the, the sound disappears. <laughs> like it all cancels each other out. <laughs> just the, the sound waves just all yeah it's all they all match up and it makes a nice pleasant like non-sound that's funny <laughs> you mean no sound exactly and you don't have to hear that's probably the most infamous example yeah uh next to resident evil basement like that is what people consider like the worst video game song of all time yeah that's it um, just, oh yeah. and then there's also the bible adventures one if you've never also pretty if you've never heard that this one is really funny because it's like six notes that are repeated over and over again i hope it's not as it, no 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 it's, that would, that, there's actually some sort of sense of melody that. there's some sort of sense of melody in this but not much When you get to heaven, this They're is like offbeat. Okay. Like, the, and it's just like somebody like noodling on a piano <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. And like, oh, just make that a bass tone. <laughs> and that's literally the whole. That's the whole game soundtrack. That's the only fucking song in the game. Oh wow! That's awesome. Are there, yeah. other, are there other songs in Crazy Bus? I don't know. I've never like. No one's made it past don't, the title screen, you man. Don't have to, you don't have to play them. No one's <laughs> ever made it past the title screen. That, that last one was too much. That, wow. that one insane. hurt. That one yeah. hurt. <laughs> well, I, I think we need to. Uh, whew, I think we need to jump jump uh, to the next segment. That would get some refreshing music in our in our brains. So I think it's time to pass that, Dutchie. 
Woo. All right. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go around and uh, we're going to highlight a composer each, give a couple examples of their music, and give talk a little bit about them. Um, uh, and I'm going to start with... Uh, I'll, I'll go. I'll Nick. Go. I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I don't know if you were waiting on that. Yeah, I was. <laughs> no, I was just about to say you, but oh, you okay. helped me along there. Okay, so um, the first composer I want to highlight is uh, someone who is incredibly proficient and kind of a wizard with his hardware. He doesn't do much. I don't think he does much these days uh, as far as video game music is concerned. Um, he's an English composer, and he's <laughs> done a bunch of stuff. But his name's Tim Fallon. I don't know if you guys know much about him. He... For some reason, he has only like worked on mostly mediocre games. Uh, most well, of it, it was the Fallen Brothers, right? Well, yeah, Tim and Jeff Fallen. He has a brother that helped him with a lot of uh, his soundtracks, but he's like the of he's the, the two. Lead. He's the more prolific and lead leader of them. Um, Jim, their, their Tim. cousin Jim Fallon. Tim and Jeff. Jim Fallon, yeah. The <laughs> Jim Fallon. No, you don't um, some, some crappy Jim, so, Tim, or late some, night show. Jeff. Some notable games that Tim no. Fallon has worked F-O-L-L. on. F O L L I N. Some notable games he worked on were uh, Batman and Robin for the PlayStation. He worked on Echo the Dolphin for the Dreamcast. Ooh, ah, okay. For the Dreamcast, that one. Uh, Spider Man and X Men. Uh, Arcade's Revenge for Super Nintendo. Oh, okay. He Ooh, was right. he was the arranger of Rock and Roll Racing. Uh, Gauntlet Three he did for the Commodore sixty four stuff like that. Uh, Pictionary he's le- that's kind of his legendary track is the one from pi- the title screen from Pictionary. Oh. Um, that his, we probably see in Super Dark East channel. Yeah, his whole <laughs> his whole like philosophy is like he thought. Shout out. He thought a uh, video game music was kind of silly, and he didn't know if it was going to be like a career thing. But it ended up being like majority of his career is video game music. Oh wow! And uh, even though he thought it was silly, this dude put everything he had into like making songs bops. So I did. <laughs> so Nick, I didn't choose Tim Fallon because I thought I knew you were you were going to choose him. Yeah, and uh, I was telling Andy before, I think, Andy, you're going to be pretty impressed with what this guy has done. I know at least uh, Matt and Ryan and T-King are fairly familiar with what he has done, at least some stuff. So the first track I'm going to pick is from a game called Solstice. Oh, okay. And I'm going to pick the title theme, and it's going to be a little misleading because it starts off – super basic but then you'll hear it so um i'm gonna go ahead and play that now at least uh, like maybe a minute of it so here we go here is the title screen theme from solstice oh Yeah, this song kicks ass. It's like this ain't your grandma's video game soundtrack. 
Yeah, compare it to like the other um, titles that were coming out. Like even if you like play like Super Mario Bros. Doing... Three music next to it, it sounds so it, basic. Hearing com- this on an NES is just absolute insanity. That bass. Yeah. Yeah, the bass is so pronounced. It's and crazy. It, like, pu- it actually punches, which That's is insane. Something he's known for too. Yeah. And yeah, he likes that. He likes his pulse wave, which is kind of like that. That warbly that, tone. Yeah, that yeah. warbly tone. That's his pulse wave. He used. That's like kind of his signature in a lot of songs. It's a great uh. sound for the NES. You don't hear it very often, besides sound effects. Yeah, and his loops are incredibly long. Yeah, like he goes the full length. He he takes. Like he takes every bit he can. A lot of the reason NES music was so like short was because composers had to like conserve space. So they would make like 30 second to minute long loops. Not Tim Fallon. He was like, I'm going to put a whole fucking like nine minute song in some of these. So. I mean, I'm sure a lot of the games he like made for, especially like Solstice is a puzzle game. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> what a surprise. Yeah, um, but uh... They're like small. I'm sure they don't take a lot of data up. So he probably has a lot to work with. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. This song for ha- sure, one of his songs made it to one of our episodes about that. Now that's what I call music. The block, the block yeah. song. Oh, he does block too. Yeah, he does block oh, okay. as well. So. Uh, yeah, I'm very. Really yeah, so um, the second one I want to do is from Spider-Man and the X-Men. Um, it's Gambit's stage. This game doesn't deserve the music it has. No, not no, at all. It doesn't because, like I said, he does a lot of mediocre game like scores for mediocre games, but his music by itself elevates those games to something at least memorable that, you know? that, that's why i remember this game so much is the sound design and this is the first game i ever had ever owned on a super nintendo oh wow was this game and man it sucked but that music and the sound effects the sound effects and just <laughs> all of it was just so good and just that intro just yeah, and then you play Storm Stage, and you're like, oh, I'm going to fucking drown if I don't do this, right? Because she swims the All whole damn the levels stage. suck. They're hard. And Cyclops f- is on that mine cart the whole time. But and man, if he falls off of it, he dies. I own that Spider-Man stage. Yeah, that first one that where Spider-Man you have to find stage. all the bombs. And, I got everything. Yeah. I can speed run it. I knew everything just so I could lose horribly in every stage I picked <laughs> after that. That was a tough, tough game. It was game. hard. It was unfair. Wolverine could use his claws, but every time he used them, he got hurt. Mm-hmm. And he didn't regenerate his health, so it's like, what the fuck? This song has no right being this good. Yeah, it's, it sounds like a, almost like a PlayStation-level song. Yeah, Super yeah. Nintendo. This is, this is Super, the Super Nintendo. Nintendo. This sounds like Sega, right? This is the Sega one? No, this is the Super Nintendo version. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was able to, like, like I said, he's a wizard. Like, the hardware shouldn't wow. sound this good, but it fucking does. I wonder if he's trained, like, musically, or if he just, like, he has is. musical he's inclination. A pretty, he's a he pretty established, like, <laughs> okay. like, trained musician. Cool. Like, like, the programming yeah. side really shows. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean, he play, he records it all with analog instruments before he, like, That's transposes cool. it. That's awesome. And that's I what him and a lot of this song has even looped once. Yeah, no. It's, it's, it's I've so never heard going. the full song playing like, the game. Yeah, because you died before that. <laughs> and then you the, have already died and restarted this. Yeah. The last song I want to highlight is from an Amiga. It's the Amiga version oh. of Ghouls and Ghosts. 
It's the third stage, and this one's kind of a, of, of, of a different speed for him, because, like, those last two, like, were really bumping. Yeah. But he, like, one of his parts of his philosophy is be proficient in many genres. So this is mm. this one very much, like, fits into the uh, fantasy uh, genre. And so it's the Ghouls and Ghosts uh, for Amiga, the third stage, Baron Rankle's Tower. And this one is like a personal favorite of mine from him. It's it's pretty dang good. He loves the warbles. Mm -hmm. Yep, he does. Such a great sound. Yeah. never played an Amiga, but I would play this. I would play this game just to hear its music. Yeah, this is sick. Whoa. I it's love crazy that, that Very he's, nice. able to, he's able to get like such a full sound from such a primitive system. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, he, he's a wizard. Like all this song needs, not not even needs, but all like the only way to make this song more full is drums. <laughs> yeah. Amiga, yeah. I mean, obviously, in the Midwest, we weren't really getting the Amiga. That's a Commodore PC machine, so definitely more popular over in the East Coast and Europe. He also yeah, did stuff for the ZX Spectrum and like oh, he, yeah. he, he did a lot of music for very specialty specialized yeah. computer consoles. They have some some of those games have some amazing music. Any of those Falcon games, mm. great music. Uh, the PC Engine games have a lot of good music, or the PC Engine versions of games. Man, that Amiga sound. Oh, man. Hey, I, I don't know. I don't think other Amiga games sound like this. No, like, this but they is, can. This is definitely like the best that uh, the Amiga probably ever sounded. But yeah, that I just wanted to highlight him first because I think he's a little bit understated as far as like praise goes in the general conversation of video game music. And I think more people should recognize his contributions because he made very average games memorable to a lot of people <laughs> yeah. like i mean he did silver surfer that game with its wow. it's got an incredible soundtrack notoriously bad but extremely difficult like way too hard and almost like unplayably hard yeah uh, and he managed to like at least <laughs> back in the day he he was underappreciated i guess because all these games are so fucking broken uh, and uh, unplayable so you couldn't even hear the music in most of them <laughs> he enjoyed what he did i guess i mean he just I mean, did he, what he... he's passionate about music yeah. so i think that he, was like what really he's so good at through. making music but he's just done so many mediocre like nobody remembers plock except for the music now yeah yeah and plock is Plock soundtrack level. outlives plock itself yeah, it does. He also he didn't he was he wasn't batting a thousand because I'm pretty sure he also did um the Batman Forever. 
<laughs> game. It was either him or his him and his brother. Yeah, Bat Batman Forever. He, he and his brother did that one together. Yeah, that, that is very memorable though. They even as silly as that is, like that song, <laughs> that game is very is very memorable. Oh. Yeah, the music is. <laughs> um. So I'll go ahead and uh, pass my duchy to you, Matt. All right. So for mine. Because the format that we're doing, where we pick three songs per composer, um, I decided to go ahead and do both of my picks as Kenji Ito because I want to showcase, um, I want to showcase like the different the the diversity in his genres and kind of like what drew me to him as a composer. So for those of you who don't know who he is, he's the main composer of the uh, Romancing Saga or just the Saga series uh, by Square Enix. And uh, that is a JRPG that is a wonderful work of art, difficult series, but... Um, not the most accessible of not their the RPGs. Most, not the mm. most accessible, but it is uh, seeing a resurgence due to the mobile game. They actually... There's a new game a coming out in the West. Too. I was about to mention that and... There will be a song from the new game in my selection. Oh, Ooh. did you? Okay, one that so has not come out yet. One question though: Did you play Scarlet Grace that one? Uh, no, but I have experience with it through the mobile game, and I've listened to the entirety of the soundtrack. <laughs> okay, is it? Is it? Is that? It's also Kenji Ito. It's Kenji Ito, and it's, and it's very, very good. Yes, <laughs> there won't be a Scarlet Grace song in the selection tonight, just because the uh, we only uh, we could only choose three, and I chose ones that were representative. Okay. Um, uh, well, what's the first one, Matt? All right. So I guess I'll start with one that is a good a good intro. Let's do Saga Frontier Battle One. I chose this one in particular because when I first heard it as a kid, it was so different from other battle themes. I didn't like it initially, but it is an amazing song for just a simple. In it for just a simple like regular battle theme it's a pretty long and complex and um pretty involved so i guess give a listen and we'll talk about it after such a good build-up yeah like, the, it, like it, that intro is and it, it just keep the intro goes on for a long time but it builds up as a kid it's perfect yeah. for the loading times as a kid i wasn't ready for the build-up that's the thing it, <laughs> i was ready for battle themes that went right into uh, it but as an adult you appreciate it so much more the build-ups the the transition that's all mm -hmm. and then you're like Rah! He as an artist is really good with transitions too it keeps the songs also fresh. you're gonna listen to a lot of that song because Oh, I'm cut off. You're, you're not cut off. Yeah, we can hear you. Oh, uh, no, no, you guys all froze. You're going to okay. listen to a lot of this song because some of the battles take for fucking ever. So even, even the regular battles in this game are and sometimes just super fucking hard. You choose the actions for your entire team, and you've got five members, and you got to kind of, like, line up your strategy because if you do it wrong, you'll get pummeled really hard. Yeah, sometimes you'll, like, encounter a regular battle that'll just wipe your fucking team. Yep. You gotta be very strategic in these games, so this is good thinking music. It's very, like, it's like anime yeah. epic. It kind of, like, evokes, like, um, like a 1970s, 1980s Japanese, like, Super Sentai show 
type yeah, like feel to it. Which there's a character in the game that is a 1970s Super Sentai. <laughs> like I could just Red. imagine some like old Japanese guy singing lyrics over this. Yurinobu <laughs> Kageyama like, singing. Voice like oh, oh. <laughs> I just like how many motions it has in it, like it, that it goes through. <laughs> like it goes through movements. I meant it's to say. It does. It does. It has movements, and it's only like a like a minute and a half loop. You know. That's, <laughs> that's like a trademark for oh, wow. Kinji Ito's music in general. They go through these movements that are just great. So it can keep you can. You can sit there and listen to them for long periods of time because the loops are very satisfying. All right, so for the second, that's cool. For the second song, we're going to jump to a boss theme from uh, *Romancing Saga* minstrel song. Um, this is one that, well, th- all the boss themes in that are great, but I just this one always always hits me. So let's do a piece of courage. A piece of courage coming right up. <laughs> Nick's just got to type it in real quick. Okay, I know this one. Yeah, this one's a banger. Yeah, I remember in the, in this game, whenever you get this song, the battle feels epic. Yes, this and the battle always is epic. You get to hear the whole song. Dude, that, that game is like not appreciated enough because they like all talk and stuff during the battle so it like it feels like an anime battle when you're playing it it was uh yeah so the battles are voiced that's awesome yeah it was this is... i never experienced saga games until i played romancing saga so it was a really cool experience for me when it, I played was the it. ps2 remake yes your first experience with the game yes yeah they mix this themes. is a step above boss music it's like you got boss music and then you've got this music. Then you've got jammers. <laughs> Dance special jammers. Encounter. Like you, you've got real boss music. Like this is a hard boss. And then it just goes into like anime orchestral. It's, <laughs> it's, like it's Sailor very Mo- anime. This is like yeah. Sailor Moonish. <laughs> yeah, it- love the bass. Yeah, that bass is all over the place. Yeah. It's not like super pronounced. You gotta kind of like tune into it. Yeah. But when you listen to what's going on. It's like moving the track up and down. Yeah, yeah. I, Nick, I think the music's too loud. Maybe for it's you. It's drowning everybody if, else out. If it's too loud, you're too old. Actually, the music is down extreme, almost as low as it can go. I really can't get it lower than this. Oh, wow. <laughs> because we have to. We're jamming. Yeah, we have to keep you turned. Because you're virtual, Ryan. The music and you gotcha. are kind of in tune, like in yeah. sync. Like, I have to keep the music up. It's all, all on right, one so channel. that one. Continues looping like that. So for the last one here, we'll go ahead and move on to um, Emerald Saga, the battle theme. That's the new game that's coming out. Let me look up the title of that. It's it's Saga Emerald Beyond. Yes. Normal battle theme. Here we go. There, there's an extent. I think the yeah, it's the I extended found, version. Just but it cuts off at or cut it off at two minutes. Whenever it gets to the two minute mark, that's okay. Yeah, we yeah. can. Because I listen to it. This this is different for a saga game because like people have guns and stuff. I know Saga Frontier has that, but not most of them are like medieval fantasy. Hey, well, there's mid- medieval fantasy mixed with futuristic elements. I'll hit on that in the uh, second phase because this is the battle theme. This is the battle theme segment. It's very much in line with his style. Just more, just more modernized since it's the newest game. 
Likes to put the orchestra in there, the uh, the violin, always violin heavy. He does like those. He he, he likes the violins to like lead the melody. Mm -hmm. He likes mixing, he likes mixing uh, classical like instruments with modern rock instruments, which is Ooh. really cool. And then also, you know, the fucking organ, harpsichord. Him and uh, him and Nobuo both really like that. Like electronic organ sounds. Oh yeah, like it's, yeah, they <laughs> love it. Very, you can hear that like similarity for sure. I mean, they probably worked on stuff so, like oh, maybe yeah. never together, but like they both are square composers, so they've definitely. Oh yeah, pulled from know, the same inspiration. That's totally. This see, is, they have different nuances. You can hear. This is pretty decent hardcore anime rock too. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn this. And like almost one yeah. PC. Yeah, like one piece warriors. <laughs> he really oh, took it away yeah. with that organ solo there. And this is what uh, uh, Saga Scarlet Grace's soundtrack sounds like as well. I still need to play that one. I know that one's structured a bit differently than other Saga games, so this, I haven't gotten it. This game will play like that one, so it's good to get into that one, and that one is a very good game with very good music, so don't overlook it. I've, I think people have said it's, like, one of the best Saga games. Yes. Very, very good. Well, all right. Those are those are some banging tracks. Kenji, yeah. Ito, Kenji Ito is a fucking monster of a composer. He has a, he has and, a presence. And that is him on the synth as well. He plays those songs. He plays them live at concerts, Ooh. too. I'd huh. go to a Saga concert. Mm -hmm. That'd be sick. Definitely. I'd love to hear that. They do Saga live. <clears throat> they'll, they'll probably do a concert for this game. They probably already have, actually. Done a couple in Japan already. Oh, yeah. The Final Fantasy Orchestra is coming to St. Louis it's in a, April. It's, it's not the Distant April. Worlds one. It's a different one, but I do yeah. want to see it. Really? Yeah, we yeah it's, a different, it's a different Final Fantasy Orchestra, but... There is a Distance Worlds coming to. Is it? Yeah, oh, there okay. is. There is one. I don't know about the other one, but there is a Distant Worlds. It's the tenth anniversary. Oh, oh. we got The buds got to do that. Something like Game that. Yeah. We're gonna we'll live stream it. That's yeah, uh, here in Chicago or something like that. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, uh, who are you passing that duchy to? I'll pass the duchy to my right, my IRL right, <laughs> to Andy. Okay. Oh shit! Here we go. Oh motherfucking shit! <laughs> Ooh, oh, fucking shit, dog. <laughs> As I hit the bowl, it comes around. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's... Uh... <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought you were looking for the other thing. You guys know... Uh... Oh, God. I'm so bad at pronouncing these. That makes you a racist, you know. Oh. I know. <laughs> I know. If you pronounce it wrong, you're a racist. Any names. That's why I picked only English people. <laughs> Grant Kirkho. Oh, man. You must hate British people. <laughs> Grant Grante? Grante. Grande. Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande, yeah. Best video game composer. <laughs> That's what it is. That's. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no. Uh, Matoy Sakuraba? Okay, you pronounced it. it right. You pronounced it as well as you could. Motoi Sakuraba. <laughs> oh my God, I knew it. Yeah, um, this guy has done a buttload 
of of music. I kind of figured you picked this person. It's crazy, yeah. Well, like, yeah, judging by what series he composes for. <laughs> but I didn't even realize like <laughs> just how many Mario yeah. games. Well, like Mario side games. Well, you said the name, and I immediately associated it with Smash Bros. Yeah, yeah. No, no mainline. Uh, well, I guess you know, arguably, but. Yeah, Smash Bros. He did Mario Golf. He did Mario Tennis. He did uh, uh, Star Ocean games. Tales of Symphonia games. Oh wow, he does a lot of the Tales games. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm like some Namco composer. So do you get? Yeah, yeah, the Shining Force. Like I was originally, which so do Valkyrie profile. Dude, this dude is Golden prolific Sun? as fuck. He's done like 400 games, it looks like. It's crazy. Is, is yeah. Star Ocean, Sega, or Square That's Enix? That's Squaresoft. Yeah. yeah. Square Enix. He did, he did Botankaidos. It feels like it could be. He did Golden. I'm like, yeah, I'm like learning all this right now. It's like, this dude is super important. <laughs> Eternal yeah. Sonata? Yeah, oh Eternal my Sonata. God. Yeah, he is prolific as off music. fuck. Yeah. Infinite Undiscovery? I didn't know that. Ooh, Isle wow. Lord? He did the music oh. in Isle Lord from 1992? <laughs> wow. <laughs> and the new... Wow, that's cool. Wow. The yeah. I had no idea he was this prolific. Mario Golf Super Rush? Golden new- Sun. He did all the Mario Golf games and the Mario Tennis games. This dude's up. One Piece Odyssey. This isn't what? just out of left field. Wow, I just Randy, got that game. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But that isn't even why. <laughs> that you cl- you did Chronicles 100 Heroes. He does the music for that. Oh, nice. Oh, that game's coming out soon. Yep. And uh, I'll play it on Game Pass. Wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Yeah, dude, this guy is crazy. And he also did the Dark Souls games, which is like what <laughs> I I originally was like. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was my Google search. Like okay, first so thing was like Dark Souls composer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I looked at it and I'm like, oh my god, dude has. Dude, I had no idea because like the Shining Force music is so like vibrant and like bubbly compared to Dark Souls, especially. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he he has a a very wide range from from Mario Golf yeah. to Dark Souls to Golden to Golden Sun to Golden Sun. Yeah, so um, yeah, I don't know. If Ooh, and got... Baten Kaitos, which I also just got the the Baten Kaitos games that just came just did released. some Kid Icarus Uprising music. Mm-hmm. But what's um what's a highlight that yeah, you wanted to? Yeah. Well. <laughs> well you guys probably are familiar with some of these other games, but the the whenever we came up with this topic, whenever you you said it, the first thing that came up was the uh, the like final boss music of uh, Dark Souls One. <laughs> yes, it, it's a that's a good one. Okay, yeah, Gwyn, Lord of Cinder. It's this awesome piano thing. You you I don't know. After going it's, through so much, you get this, this like beautiful piano piece, and it's just like this beautiful piano piece whenever you're getting horribly punished. Yeah, yeah. Well let's uh, that last boss that spanked. last boss is no joke. Yeah, dude. It's brutal. Let's uh it's give brutal. her a listen. Oh shit. Hold on. It started like fucking like fifteen seconds into the track for some reason. 
There we go. Yeah. I felt sick to my stomach hearing this. <laughs> <laughs> Just knowing about what, like, what's about to happen or what's currently happening. Oh man, super like tense. Fourth, twenty fourth try, running <laughs> up. It takes, uh, it takes like four four to five minutes to get there. This song probably like inflicts like PTSD on a lot of people. Probably a lot of people just like start shivering and oh feeling bad whenever they, fe- whenever they hear it. Hands start sweating. <laughs> I instantly felt annoyed. <laughs> like, God damn it. That's funny. I mean, that... it, it could have been worse. It could have been uh, the Crazy Bus song. That's the mod oh, I'm going to make is oh. whatever uh, you get to the last boss on the PC version of Dark Souls. It's just going to play Crazy Bus the whole time. Oh, that is true torture. That's like oh, a, no. like, a, a true. Or the final boss of uh, Sekiro. I'll do that for. Oh, Lord. It's funny because you hear this song and you hear a lot of, like, armor clinking because you're rolling most of the time. (laughs) Yeah. You're... (laughs) Does the song ever, like, pick up in in its pace or is it just like this the whole time? Yeah, it's just just a... It's a a multi-phase battle. Isn't it? No, Mm. I'm thinking of of, uh, Sekiro. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, this one, this one is just straight up. It's very like yeah. somber and like melancholy. Yeah, which is the whole game is just so melancholy. Like, yeah, everything is so bleak. It is a beautiful piece of music, though, and it's yeah. it's literally just piano. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's nothing else there. This reminds me of Eternal Sonata a bit. Andy, do you remember those, like, those stone giants at the, like, near the beginning of the game? Like, the stone, the green stone giants? Oh, yeah. I wore... Oh, yeah. I wore that armor for the entirety of the game. Really? <laughs> I did. I just built my characters, like, uh, my, my strength and... Uh, my strength and constitution as far as it can go so I can wear it. <laughs> and then Damn. I built my decks up to where I could use a pike, and that's how I beat the game. Wow, interesting. See, there's so many ways to play that game. That's ah, it's so, it's I just so cool. stabbed everything to death. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. It's a great game, man. The... I imagine there'll be an episode about it eventually. Yeah, one of these days. <laughs> Um, We're gonna have to. What's another highlight? Um, oh man, uh, Dark Souls two, what, Dark <laughs> Souls three. Uh, let's see. I actually didn't highlight multiple. Do you guys know of any uh, hot hot tracks from uh, from some of the I mean, other stuff? Uh, if Golden I were to, to, if I were to pick one, I would pick just Mario Golf's. Uh, I was thinking, yeah, the. The Mario Just Golf the, games also are the music in those games. Oh, hold on, I yeah. gotta find it. But I was thinking just the regular old uh, sound, uh, the regular old golf song in that, which is uh, let's see, not Speed Golf, Toad Highlands, that one. And, and is it alright if I permission to play that? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, please, because uh, there's a bunch of if you guys know of other. Oh, also Grim Fandango. Has incredible. Or wait, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm looking that. at something. Else. <laughs> I'm looking at somebody else. Whoops. Spoiler. I actually listened to uh, Pixelated Audio Whoops. today, and they did a whole thing about 
that composer that for guy? like uh, yeah he's he's really good and he's that that game has incredible music but um I clicked Toad, the wrong tab I <laughs> I was like wait what Toad Highlands that? here we go oh yeah yep Mario Golf this game is the most fun golf game ever like it I is, still think yeah, yeah. Toad Stool Tour the GameCube one is the best golf game ever made. <laughs> I haven't really played anything past that. I hadn't even tried most that of the golf, most of the sports is games. Good too. Sixty-four yeah. is good, but it's very rough around the edges. It is very Re- rough. Revisiting it is a little bit yeah. difficult. Yeah. Especially since you need a wired controller to really get the timing right. If you use oh, a wireless controller yeah. on the on the Switch Online, it's like nearly unplayable. Wow. So you what need a- you need like for that one, you really just need the. N64 experience to enjoy. Yeah, I wonder if the. It's uh, hard to imagine the same. the same composer going from this. This was first to Dark Souls. The, yeah, the tone of this song is so different. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. More importantly, he fits the Mario sound perfectly. Like, I, I, yeah, I, I, the I, sound font. If you just said, if you didn't say what game it was, you just said Toad hit like Toad Highlands. Yeah. You just it, didn't say a game. I would be like, like, this is a Mario. This is a Mario song for sure. Yeah. yeah. It definitely sounds like a non-main Mario. It's, but it I'm sounds getting, like a Nintendo game for sure. I'm getting like Super Mario RPG like type of like it's yeah. in that world. It kind of evokes that for sure. So it's like, it's, it's like good. nail on the head. Um, <laughs> it, it's off-brand Mario. <laughs> Even if you said... Oh, dude, you like Dark Souls? You like the music in Dark Souls? Dude, check this one out. Check this out. <laughs> Some of his early work. All right, and then I guess we can do one more highlight for him. Um, let's go ahead and do one from uh, Golden Sun. Yes. Why, why not? Because to celebrate its return to the public zeitgeist by coming to Switch Online. That's a, it's, yeah. Wish it didn't look so. Ugly. It did, the yeah. the Rough. graphics have not aged that Rough. well. It's uh. They yeah. were not that great to begin with. Though. They lent themselves well to the tiny screen. We'll just go ahead and do the uh, the battle song. Yes. An enemy appears. Wait, no, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> An enemy's appearing. An enemy, Ooh. yeah. The Sober Trucks. Sober Trucks is here. Sober Trucks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, honestly, out of all the composers we picked, his is the one that's kind of the most uh, diverse out of, yeah. uh, so far. Dark Souls is actually thematically the least of what he's done. Not yeah. Yeah, thematically, it's yeah, it's an outlier of what he, of what he does. This is much more in line with how like tales, uh, his tales of this music very sounds tales. like. It's, it sounds like tales of Vesperia's music a lot. Oh, very much. It also reminds me of Mega Man X a bit. Just has just mainly more of the sound font. He's got it. Looks like yeah. about seventeen songs in Smash Bros. Oh wow! Wow. Nice. He well, did. He did the remixes of Magikint and Foresight. He remixed his own Golden Sun music, his own Mario uh, Golf and Tennis music. 
Uh, he did some Metroid music. He did the main theme of Final Fantasy VII from Ultimate. Remixed it. Wow. Damn. Nice. That's an honor. We'll have to. We'll have. To, I should have picked that Dude, one. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Like he, his. He has his so much. Credits are insane. He did the Victory Road theme from uh, Pokemon and Brawl. He did uh, the Gorp that rock gourmet race from brawl nice that was him started in 89 one of the best years ever yeah the year i was born yeah it was the the year year that four out of five of us were born you were born in 1990 Andy. no i was born december 10 89 really was it 89 wow I thought he was wow, 90 Nick. for some reason. I'm an asshole. So much, right at the so end. I, I'm trying to tell you when your birthday is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. You're right. I mean, some people are wrong about their birthdays. When people ask me my age now, I have to think about it. I'm at uh, that yep. point. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm 30. I have to be like, I'm 34? Yeah, yeah, I get the I'm 30 number something. mixed up. Yeah. I'm in the, like, I'm in the mid-30s. Turn 35 this year. <laughs> Um, who are you going to wow. pass that duchy to? There's two options. Ooh, a virtual? One's, r- one's right and one's wrong. So pass it you virtually. Better... You pass that love. All right. One, two, zero. Or wait, no, not. Sorry, one, zero, one, zero, one, uh, one, yes, one, the four, old bi- 20. The old Don't go back in time. Four, two, zero. Over to Ryan. Oh. Digital. Right. The digital spliff coming your way. So my first pick is a pick you could not... You could not go without hearing if you if you played any Konami game in the early '90s. It's uh, Kazuhiko Uehara, and he did the soundtracks for such acclaimed games, such as Turtles in Time, Ooh. Mystical Ninja, Sparkster. Uh, he did. Uh, That's it. Those are the that? three games he did. <laughs> the, the, uh, what was that Wild West game? Uh, wild? Oh. Is it Wild Arms? No, not Wild Arms. Uh, fucking Wild Guns. Something guns. <laughs> it was uh, but he did uh, he did Gradius. He did a ton of ton of Konami games, and you and you can hear his style in every game. But uh, I was gonna start with uh, my one of my personal favorites, which I've you know personally given so much praise to multiple times in several episodes of this mm. podcast the first mystical ninja for super nintendo dance dance revolution Ooh. he did not do dance dance revolution though because the, that was a series have. of other artists but the lady gaga have. lady gaga <laughs> remixed this later but yeah. kazuhiko <laughs> urahara kazuhiko urahara was also the lead of konami's sound team all right, and well, which which is why it all has that distinct sound. But let's go ahead and get right into it. This is a short track. It's only forty four <clears> seconds <throat> long. Very Japanese. Mm-hmm. Super Japanese captures the spirit of it. Japanese folk music. It sounds really cool. <laughs> it's such a short track, though. The loop, the loop is 20 seconds. Oh, wow. The... So this plays whenever, uh, like, Jip. whenever you figure out the town's filled with ghosts, and you have to get to the, uh, the side-scrolling part of the level. Mm. When you, like, go up to the Tanuki statue? Yeah, ah. exactly. Ah. I, I will say that Koei 
nails this with the flute music in Samurai Warriors too. Uh, I think the flute's called a shakuhachi or something like that. Ooh. Yes. But yeah, that like well, Mystical Ninja in general just has all of them have banging soundtracks. I'm surprised you picked Japanese. I'm surprised you picked that track out of all the tracks there because it's like the shortest track in the I game. I know that is a <laughs> shocking track for you. To that was picked. obviously I thought it was a different track, but that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> what track did you intend on playing? Uh, well, I don't know the name of it obviously because I thought <laughs> that was it. So. Was it like um, the intro one? Of... Play another one. There are only or the Ghost Castle long, one. Right? Uh, hold on. Give me one second. Just get... <laughs> give me give me a second to think about this. Uh, let's see. Mystical Ninja. Did he also do the Mystical Ninja sixty four soundtrack? He did. Okay. Good. Well, he was one. He was one of three people on that one, but. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> SNES OST. Oops, I did not. I did not mean to do that. Konami. This is sponsored by Konami officially. I do miss those jingles a lot. Yeah, me too. Sometimes it happens, but not often. The Konami is just now a white screen with the red Konami letters. They perfect. Which, they perfected it in the old days, though. Yeah, it's a, a, a another bygone practice. Any luck, Ryan? So yes, it was the one right before it. It was Shikoku Island. <laughs> this is one that I would have picked, yes. This one. This is the one I wanted. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. This is a good one. A banger of a track. Yes. <laughs> Just... And this game is so relentless, you know, like, oh, it's no matter where, even if you're even in towns, anyway. you can't, you can't yeah. even walk through towns in that game without people literally charging at you with spears. Throwing <laughs> bottles of milk and fish at you. <laughs> no. <laughs> but the game, the game itself is so charming and fun, uh, translated or not. It's just, it's just, it, it doesn't take itself seriously either. It knows no, it's a parody. No, it's very of every silly. It's very silly. Yeah, it's it's very very silly, but this game is also a great platformer, great dungeon crawler, great adventure game. Like it's, it it has all the genres in one, all the great SNES genres in one. <laughs> but he did more than just Mystical Ninja. He also did Turtles in Time, which has arguably the most perfect soundtrack of all video games i i agree that one is mm. one i i, I <laughs> yeah, blast yeah, that yeah, in my yeah, car yeah. while i'm driving all not a, the not time. a bad track in this one yeah. and big apple 3 a.m is how you start <laughs> oh yeah honestly when i think of uh the turtles this is like one of the songs because it encapsulates the the tv show yeah it's got the theme song yeah, it's pretty much yeah. got the theme song it's got that it's got the but it also has like the spirit of the games that came before Dude, something about the ninja turtles like video game music it it's so, it fits with the attitude yes. of the ninja turtles so perfectly uh it, it, it i mean 
it is it's just perfect that like, there, there's no other way to describe it yeah the like the orchestral, the orchestral hits that are constantly going yeah. on just adds that attitude but it's like fun and mm-hmm. it's like playful and just like the turtles you know they, they they're not like a serious group of heroes at least no. in most of their iterations they're they joke around they and like all their villains are goofy they're fighting like cheese monsters and <laughs> flies and stuff yeah and this is a, a perfect first level theme song yes like, right. like when you jump into a game and you hear this you're like all right this game's gonna be fun you're right into yeah. it you're right into the action it's like yeah cowabunga like you're like no doubt you're playing in a turtle game perfectly sets the pace mm-hmm. for the rest of the game because that soundtrack doesn't quit no like every track on it does, is like equally hype. Does not disappoint. Even the practice it's a, it's mode. It's a perfect soundtrack for a perfect game. Yep, yeah. yep. It's in my top. It's my second favorite game of all time. Yeah. Or no, it's my fourth actually. It was my fourth favorite. It's still game. top five. It's still in the top five. Top ten. That's still impressive. Some something like this versus <laughs> with the crazy bus. Like yeah. <laughs> no yeah. contest. Wow. No contest. If you have to like die and restart the level and this is what you hear versus oh. crazy bus starting no over, you're like fuck this. <laughs> like this would this would be a motivation. This is yeah, keep yeah. going a little bit. Like this is like pump up music. Yep. This uh, is done right. One more uh, do you have another uh, highlight? Yeah, it's uh, from Sparkster. It's Lakeside. And Sparkster is, you know, it's an okay game. It's fun enough. It's a great platformer, but it's just, like, not super memorable for right, some the reason. Su- the Super Nintendo one, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. He, uh, that's, that, that's where he did most of his work was on the SNES. Yeah, the, the Sparkster for um, SNES is like a... Yeah, this one is this is a banger. Uh, the SNES one's so different compared to the Sparkster for To Rocket Genesis. Knight. Yeah. There's, well, I mean, there is Rocket Knight 2 Sparkster for... Rocket Knight Adventures 2 Sparkster for Genesis as well. It is a good game, though. Rocket Knight the Adventures... soundtrack's banging. Like this. Yeah, it's it's like upbeat. It's like her- upbeat. It's like heroic sounding. Yeah. Once yeah. again, first level music. Yeah, Throws yeah. You right yeah. into it, you feel like, like you, you can a knight this. with a jetpack. With this, you got <laughs> this. Yeah, you do feel like a knight with a jetpack. <laughs> this game also like the boss fights are super easy, but the levels are hard in it. I think I this probably game got is about eighty like... percent through it, and then I was like, all right, save state, and then I never picked it back up. This is one of those games that has a lot of boss fights, right? Like, there's uh, many bosses, like, throughout the whole... There's many bosses and stuff, yeah, and they're hard. But the the main bosses are really hard. All right, well, um, throw that duchy to the king himself, huh? Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and, uh, pass the duchy to my, my lord and savior. All right. Well, my first <laughs> composer... Ooh. Travis Christ. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm, okay. No. Oh, my. Well, my fir- my uh, composer pick, my first one, I don't know if this one's going to be a surprise or not, but my first composer is going to be Martin O'Donnell. <laughs> it's not a surprise at all. <laughs> Martin O'Donnell is known for, 
most for most people, he's known for the guy who did the Halo games. Ooh. Halo one, two, three, ODST and Reach, Destiny as well. Ooh. He did the uh music for Riven, the sequel to Mist. Well, he did the sound design, sorry. Not not the music. Yeah, it's different than the music. Guy. But he also did the games for Bungie, Myth 1 and 2, and Septera Core, Legacy of Creator, and the game Oni. Mm. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, a yeah, little bit about him. Um, he learned to play the piano when he was young. He wanted to be a music teacher, but that didn't go uh, – that fell through, so he uh, – he went with his friend, uh, his colleague, Michael Salvatore, which you might recognize that name also for Halo music. Mm. He's also does a so lot of composition. the guy who was shredding the guitar um, in the Halo 2 song? No, that's a different guy. It's Steve Vai. That's um, Steve Vai? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, what? Steve Vai. No, he's like he's like a producer. Um, he like had a re- recording studio, so him and huh. um, Martin O'Donnell actually did commercials for 15 years before he did any music and a fun fact uh, notable wow. commercials he did was a mr clean commercial <laughs> and the flintstones vitamin commercial where he notably wrote the jingle for the flintstones vitamin jingle huh he wrote the uh we're grow or uh, whatever grow you know the flintstones kid going strong and growing whatever that's funny that was fucking the halo that was fucking martin o'donnell what yeah yeah you know who I am? I wrote the Flintstones <laughs> vitamins jingle. He uh, put, he he was put he, that in right here, <laughs> right here. here. I can't. That blew my mind. That was a weird little tidbit. That was like what? Um, but he uh, he got into games, uh, working games. Whenever a friend's son came and told him about a game that. Some friends in uh, Spokane, Washington, were working on called Mist. So he like inquired about that and started working. Like uh, he, that's how they got uh, the Sound of Giant working with Riven is through that connection. Because they had a they had a audio uh, company called Total Audio, and <laughs> uh, after a while, heard about Bungie because those people would play Marathon while they were working on the game. Oh. And Marath- or Bungie was close by, so he applied to work on uh, work on some games by them. So that's where he did Myth One and Two, and uh, Septera, where he met Steve Downs. Who, if you don't know who that is, that's the man. Who, that's the guy who plays Master Chief. Oh. Where he would later recommend him as the voice of Master Chief. Whenever he worked for Bungie, <laughs> and then later on, like they, wow. he did some music, and he did the he did the music for Oni, and after that, they asked him to do uh, a music for a game they were gonna they were gonna present at E three twenty or two thousand, a little game called Halo, <laughs> just a little indie title, <laughs> yeah, which was it was just this it was completely different at the time it was uh, still a point and click like uh, third person like shooter, huh. for Apple, and how oh, for Apple yeah that was where it originally was before Microsoft got it. Long story for that. But yeah. anyway, he eventually went on to do Halo. Um, but yeah, that's the story. That was a lot of like cool stuff looking up him. And that's his long story getting to work with Bungie. That's so um, doing weird. That. So I have a few uh, cool um, highlights from him. The first one is from Oni. I really haven't listened to much of the soundtrack before to, like looking into this. But this first one called East Wind is nuts. East Wind? East Wind. I have it in the notes. All right, here we go. Boom. 
That's one sexy anime babe on there. It's like a third person like shooter game. And I I don't know much about it, but it's like has anime cutscenes and stuff. Can you last five seconds playing this game? Dude, I haven't tried, but I feel like I might not be able to. <laughs> That's great. I always really love fast break beats yeah. In, yeah. in songs. So, That's the whole this soundtrack. This sounds like a 90s like like techno song. Listen to the soundtrack. Yeah. This whole soundtrack's like this. It's awesome. Almost like it could be in Underworld or something. Wow. This is bitching. <laughs> I know. This is a PlayStation game. <clears throat> this is the kind oh, of... Oh, dude, those little fucking bass tones Whoa. that come out. Yeah. Dude, this, on a, like, bumping system, that would be fucking wow. cool. This is the kind of, like, uh... Ma underground... It's like the Prodigy. Techno, <laughs> <or> like... <laughs> That's what reminds me of the Firestarter. Yeah. It's Matrixy. It's definitely Matrixy. No. PlayStation 2, 2001. This was that uh, game was a launch title. Had the holographic case with the the anime lady with the guns with the with the purple hair. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Um, it sounds like it's from like 2001. It's very of its matrixy, oh, like it's cyber so, goth, like. It's pretty cool. Yeah, dude. There's a lot of people making music right now that sounds just like this. Yeah. So they have Dude, I would huff some paint under a bridge to this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's my first pick. Second one, I'm going to go into Halo 2. Actually, the second two are from Halo 2 because while there's a bunch of great stuff from Halo 1, I think he just really refined his work in the second one. You think one. Halo 2 is uh I think that's where he, like, yeah. I mean, you can't get much better than the... like. The only really thing I can play from the first one that I haven't played already in one of our episodes... Um, is the main theme. Mm. But uh, the example I want to play is from Halo 2. It's called Heretic Hero. Mm. Now it's a slow break beat. Yeah. yeah. He, like, he can go... <laughs> I don't know. He just has that range of like orchestral, like movie score that fits, but it's something you could listen to outside of the realm of the game. Yeah. And it invokes the memories of playing the game. Yeah, it's not it's just. It's good first person shooter music for sure. Oh, Un yeah. Unfortunately, Halo 2's story is not something I played. I don't think I've ever played through the story stuff. No. Oh, I'm a damn. multiplayer. Halo. By and large, for me, is a multiplayer experience. Yeah. So I honestly have missed out on all of this, and so, but it's cool to hear it, and I'll probably play one of the. Ha I was thinking about playing through one of the Halo games this hey, year. I join you. Let's do it. Let's, I've uh, totally played through the games. I. Let's oh, play, let's at least play experience. one of them. I don't. I, maybe let's. If you want to play through the Halo Two story with me, yeah, that would be fun. Even the Halo won't be fun. I mean, you can knock that out in the evening or like an afternoon, real fast. Yeah, it's well, not. Is the remaster uh, on on Game Pass? Yeah, yeah. the Master Chief yeah. Collection has everything. Oh, there you yeah. go, dude. You can. I have. I have. I also have it on good. my computer too. I yeah. Pl I played a little bit with with Alex a while back. Mm -hmm. I did uh, playthroughs of one and two with Slate. So shout out to Slate. Shout out so, to Slate. Oh yeah. Yeah, the music is just so good and it fits it and it just like sets the mood. Kinda reminds me of the pause music of um 
of Goldeneye, yeah. but like, yeah, but I was thinking that like facility. This, this fills that. the room too. Definitely has yeah. gone from heretic to hero in, yeah. in its like tone yeah. here. And it's like, well, the naming is because you're also playing as the arbiter and master chief in this mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. But it's like one of those segments where like you have like a talking scene and something happens and you're just like walking and stuff and fighting stuff. And things yeah. are exploding. Man, just so many cool set pieces. Halo is mm-hmm. just like, I mean, I can't speak to the newer stuff, but delicious. Yeah, one and, and two and three. The third one's good, but it's not as impactful to me. Yeah. After two, you know, two was just the hype train, man. And then yeah. the last example I want to play this evening for old Marty O'Donnell is uh, Unforgotten from Halo 2. And you'll instantly recognize this music because it was the menu music that you would sit on while you're waiting for matchmaking to happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it did have online. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or if you're waiting for everyone to get, like, sitting down to play your multiplayer game. Or while you're trying to troubleshoot your network, like, your LAN party while you're... Trying your LAN, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but... Because it wasn't as simple as just putting cords between Xboxes. No. You had to have, like, a, a switch or a router to, it, like, put it, put it all into. Oh, so yeah. stupid. It should have been that easy, but it, it never was. No. But, I mean, it makes sense because, like, a switch is kind of like direct all that traffic where it needs to go. Yeah. But I mean, back when yeah. we were fucking, when we were what, like thirteen or fourteen, we made it work somehow. We did, yeah, we we didn't know how that shit worked. No, you know? we were like, just to me, yeah. like I was like, what? You have to have a central hub that that <laughs> does that. Why can't they just connect directly? Exactly. But Xboxes, they they don't have like four ports to like so multiple Xboxes can mm-hmm. connect, so it wouldn't work. Oh man. Yeah. It should have worked with two, you know. And we were, and also Amazon and uh, online ordering didn't exist, and uh, yeah, and we didn't have jobs, so like yeah. convincing your Money. parents to buy, uh, like a switch was like prob- switches are still expensive, yeah. and uh, getting Let's go like, to Radio Shack, yeah, or to Best buy like buy. a two hundred dollar piece of equipment, oh no, with, with, and all it is is ports and a plug that just like <laughs> route traffic. If I was just, smart, I could have asked my older brother; he probably would have one. Oh, definitely, he would have <laughs> had it. Yeah, he definitely would have had one. This is a nice little track. It is. I wanted to yeah. show kind of the range of him. Like, he yeah, has great from, range. From fast break beats to slow break Before, beats. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The break beat no king. Break. No oh, yeah. master. He loves breaks. No breaks. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to pass it back over to old Nick. All right. The second one I picked is probably, I would say, my number one favorite composer of all time um it's hard to like you can't really overstate like her importance in video games as a whole uh i picked yoko shimamura for my second pick i don't think anybody's surprised because she's done a lot of games that i really fucking love um she got her start uh with capcom actually and helps compose music for final fight and street fighter 2 uh, so some of the, already like Street Fighter Two, some of the most iconic video game music, and and that's yeah. like where she got her start. She's like, oh, I'll just compose Guile's theme, and everybody's gonna remember mm-hmm. this for the rest of time. It goes with everything. <laughs> yeah, it goes. It go. It really does. Uh, but she's also, you know, she also did Mario RPGs music, which yeah. we talked about extensively yeah. on the 
last episode. Uh, she did the Mario and Luigi series music. Mm-hmm. So she's done two different Mario RPG musics. Um, she like, also uh, she did Ken's theme from Street Fighter Two, which is uh, proven to have lifted parts from a song. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's a oh. notable plagiarist. Yeah, so uh, when you look <laughs> at it, when you, when you listen to them side by side, it's, it's just it's there. Yeah. She <laughs> stole it. Is uh, what she did. <laughs> nah, <laughs> she she did uh, Parasite Eve. She's Ooh. done Kingdom Hearts, which is some of her best in my oh, opinion. Yeah. Legend yes. of Mana is among her uh, pedigree. Just so much. Xenoblade Chronicles, the first one. Damn. Yeah. So, like I said, she's super important to the to the grand scope. She did Final Fantasy 15, which I think has a, a wonderful soundtrack. She's guest composed uh, on Smash Brothers. She guest composed on the Mario Rabbid Sparks of Hope. She guest composed in Streets of Rage 4. She did one of the tracks for that. So, yeah, like I said, she's incredibly, incredibly important. And uh, I just want to highlight some of her wonderful, wonderful tracks. And the first one I have is actually from Kingdom Hearts. It's from Dream Drop Distance, which is the 3DS one. And it's the Dream Drop Distance rendition of the title theme, Dearly Beloved. Um, each game actually has a different version of that song. So if you haven't, and this one is uh, out of all of them is my favorite of them. So how rude of Travis to just get (laughs) up and leave right when the, right when the song is about to start. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and, and play that right now. She loves the piano. Mm. Piano is a big thing in her music. <laughs> piano and strings are very common in her compositions. And it's changed a lot from uh, her days as a street fighter composer, which is much more like rock oriented, which she can do very well, obviously. But these days it's mostly like these kind of like fantasy soundtracks that are really good. She lo- I mean, she loves piano music. <laughs> yeah, I think the version of Dearly Beloved in Smash Bros is gate locked between a behind You have purchase. to buy a fucking game. Yeah. You have to buy that Kingdom Hearts rhythm game in order to it's, get it. Yeah, you have to get the Switch version, which is probably the worst version. <laughs> in order to get Dearly Beloved well, in Smash You just have to have a save Bros. file, so if you have a friend who has it, or maybe you could download a save file and put it on your Switch. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> yep, they're, they're locking it. Dearly Beloved. They know people love the song. No, yeah. Ooh. Dearly Beloved is one of the most memorable songs for me in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Like, this version is different because it's got this like waltzy kind of upbeat part to it. Yeah. I remember I was playing this on 3DS and I would just sit at the menu listening to this for a few minutes. Yeah, I like it because the first one is a little bit too sad. Yeah, and this one, instead of like using single notes that uh, kind of lead into each other, it's chords too. 
So it's, mm -hmm. it's a different version. Um, the second song I want to highlight is from Final Fantasy XV. It's, um, it's like basically the main overworld theme. There's different versions of it throughout the game. It's called Vals de Fantastica. It's Fantastic Waltz is what it means. Uh, um, and it is a waltz for sure. And it's like basically the main theme of it. I mean, Somnus is the main theme, but this is like the one that's in the overworld in different forms. And this is kind of like the main version of it. It just kind of explodes. <laughs> yeah. It's very, to me, like, it reminds me of, I don't know if it, you guys are very familiar with it, but the doc, Dot Hack anime. I never watched it, so. It has very, like, uh, orchestral, like, background music and stuff that goes along. It's kind of like this. As if it's like a video game. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it is. It's, yeah, but that's another, that's like one of the first anime where it's like they're in an MMO but trapped mm -hmm. in it. Oh. This feels like Yoko took, like, like Yoko took Final Fantasy's music influence and made it her own. Yeah. Like this, like Yoko it, King, it feels Yoko Fantasy. Yoko yes. Uematsu. Yeah, Yoko Uematsu. It's really uh, it, cool. It does. It feels like a little removed from what she normally does, but this, it still feels like her. It feels very overworldy. You definitely hey, hear Yoko's beat in there. She has a beat that she likes. Yes. You, you, mm. you don't hear this this version of the song very often in it, but it's a really good version of the song. Mm -hmm. There's, like I said, there's various versions of it. It plays depending on the situation you're in. Mm -hmm. It's, man, and say what you will about Final Fantasy 15. I know it's not everybody's cup of tea. Oh no, it's not. I know it's boring. <laughs> I know. I know that a lot of the game is spent waiting for the car to get to its destination. <laughs> but that game was at like the right place, the right time for me, and it, it struck all the right chords. So I personally, I mean, it's in my favorite Final Fantasies. Oh. I I still love it. I think about going back and playing it. I, it's just a 60-hour commitment. So, like, it's right, not yeah. something I can just casually revisit. Hey, man. Yeah. yeah. I always support, like, your final, if your Final Fantasy is your favorite Final Fantasy, they're all, they all have their uh, special moments. They're all special reasons. Yeah, yeah. I don't judge anybody. I mean, I don't. I personally didn't like 13 all that much, but I get why people Some like people it, like you it. know. Not me. Oof, 13 was rough. Yeah. At least with 15, you got, uh, what, what's her name? The, the car repair lady. Oh, uh, yeah. Cindy. Oh, Cindy. There's Cindy. All, Cindy and, and there's also Aranea, the Dragoon. She's also uh, <laughs> a snack. <laughs> um, is it, are we canceled yet? Um, no. Uh, so the last one I want to do is actually a remix she did for Smash Brothers. For, uh, from, it's a remix of an Earthbound song. Or from Mother, not Earthbound, but it's Eight Melodies and Magicant that she uh, remixed. And it's uh, probably my favorite Mother track in the game. 
And so here it is. Nick, I'm honestly surprised you didn't choose Hip Tanaka for one of your uh He was up there. Artists. Yeah, I mean he was up there, Hirokazu Totaka was up there. Mm-hmm. Or is that his name, Hirokazu? I forget. Totaka. Yes, was, Totaka. He was on there. Um there was a lot of people I, uh, David Wise was on there. I, I yeah. It's a I figured this would be a difficult one for a, a difficult slash easy one if you know what I mean. Because, like, obviously, there's ones everyone's drawn to, but at the same time, I know that we all want to try not to talk about the same things. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just a like lot this of one. Nuance that went into this one. Well, and then some people are so big, like Koji Kondo. How the heck do you, how do you talk about him when he's. Exactly. You can't even touch on him with, with even six songs. Exactly. But I mean, with, with Yoko, with, all, with a lot of the people we've talked about, picking just a few. I mean, but we're not. We're not Diving so deep into it, no, so uh, yeah, there's going to be an ep- another yeah. a sequel. It, it's to not a, It's not an award ceremony for these songs. No, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I like this this arrangement because it's very much Yoko's like touch on it with the, the the heavy use of violin strings. She's also really big about that, and there's piano here too. And Smash Bros. remixes are their own special thing because the artists go their special length to like make the songs individ to make their songs their own and individualize them. Like Smash Bros. They, remixes are always a step up. The the homages they pay are just like so great. Like the, you can tell this song was made with great diligence, love, and respect for the original composer hearing one genius like remix another genius's work yeah smash bros is an, yeah. smash brothers remixes it's its own genre of music <laughs> um, but i'll go ahead and pass the duchy back to matthew all right so yeah since we only did three songs um per composer i just double focused on kenji ito here so the first the first phase of that was the battle themes now we'll go into some something that the tunes that sound like totally different from the battle themes, the the uh, scene music and also like town music and area music and stuff like that. And uh, I, while we were talking about themes, I looked at one of my picks and I realized that sometimes with video games, you get that whenever you do certain segments of the game, that they take a little break from the themes of the game like musically just to be game music and to become like games like like you enter a dungeon and there's video there's like a class of like video game dungeon music that kicks in that would will be totally separate like from the theme of the game like if the game had like western themes or something the dungeon music would be like yeah. its own somehow you go into like a dungeon and it sounds like a medieval dungeon it's like thing a or game. something yeah 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 like so change in themes so the the saga series does that so Kenji Ito's he's varied um and and he goes to like um like folk to techno to um he does rock and metal he does um he covers it all Jap- from japanese country, folk from, from country to rap from every to every genre of music oh man if only there would be a rap song that'd be funny <laughs> a saga <laughs> a saga rap song that'd be awesome <laughs> so anyways um 
different from the battle themes in the saga series with uh, Kenji Ito. I'll showcase. Let's start with one that's just thematically different from the game that it comes from. Romancing Saga, or Romancing Saga Mist, or Minstrel Song, The Sewers. This is a more medieval fantasy-based game, but this is the song that it plays when you enter the sewer system. I know exactly. I mean, I can hear it in my head right now. Oh, yes. It's the the only part of the game where this song plays, too. Yeah, totally clashes with the the theme of the the rest of the game. (laughs) This is a sewer rave. Composed by Kenji Ito. It kind of gives me Persona vibes. Yeah. I was going to say, like, a bit of PSO, if PSO actually bumped a little bit. Yeah, it went a little bit harder. (laughs) Like, the shop theme just went hard. Yeah, I mean, all the, like, sound fonts that they're using are very similar. Oh, yeah. It's got that kind of, like, techno future vibe. Yes. Yeah. Lots of echo on everything. But bump it. Listen to that bass line, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Duran Duran bass. <laughs> bass line. This almost feels Dreamcasty. Yes. This is on the yes. Dreamcast game. This is on the PS1. Oh, man. Wow. This is PS2. Or PS2, yeah. PS2. And usually when this song is playing, you're like in the middle of like a quest of finding somebody in the suit. Yeah, it's like a low-tier dungeon, too, so all the, all the enemies in it are fucking weak. <laughs> I would be yeah, like, send like me here more. slimes and shit. You're, slimes and shit. Yep, you're fighting <laughs> shit. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Damn. It bumps. Uh, what's another one, man? All right, so... Um, these, the next ones don't clash with the theme, actually, because Saga Frontier is all over the place. It's got futuristic stuff. It's got spy stuff, and it's also got, like, medieval stuff in there, like and, and country stuff, too. Um, but uh, we'll go ahead and do some spy stuff. Let's do the song Booby Trap from Saga Frontier. Booby Twap. <laughs> <laughs> this, this game has very good like detective segments where you're like fi- trying to you're going around town trying to figure out information figure out figuring or figuring out who to find for certain quests and where to go you got to talk to people and do like do little mini quests during in this. saga frontier there's a lot of like quests where you have to like go around the town and talk to people and gather information and only when you gather the right information will like the door you need to open open up yeah Dude, i mean this song wouldn't be out of place in final fantasy 7 in a slub segment it's yeah, very yeah. reminiscent of that yeah yeah this song plays a lot when fuse the eighth saga frontier character that just recently became, got his own story in the remake or the remaster i guess not a remake but a remaster uh this song plays a lot when uh he's involved it's jazzy as fuck. It's, I love it's it. It's groovy. Also another Kenji Ito banger. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The next song, um, this will go, to, the next song is whenever you get 
it's, it's a song called Leonard's Laboratory, and that song is there's mechs in the game, and there's a character named Leonard who actually converts himself into a mech, and that's part of that's a, like a smaller part of the storyline. But there's several uh, mechs that you recruit onto your team, and each one of them has a story. Some of them are like abused, <laughs> like by their creators, actually, and some of them are just weapons of war. Um, but there's several mechs that join your team throughout the game. And so this is a character named Leonard who turns himself into a mech. <laughs> Ooh. That's fucking wild. I, you know, I've never gotten to that point in the game, so I've never heard this song. <laughs> the first part immediately makes me think of uh, Flat Zone. Yeah, I was thinking that. I was thinking it's very craftworky sounding. I love that song. But now it sounds like a Kirby song. Yes. Yeah. So Kenji Ito's got some uh, some good range. For very good RPG composer. Yes. He I mean, fits that. He's one of the titans. One of the Squaresoft titans. He's up there with like Yasunori, Mitsuda, and Nobuo, and Yoko. And this he, song actually doesn't have a whole ton to it. It's a, we've listened to most of the loops already, but you can sit here and just like bob back and forth to this song while you're doing the segment the world music in this game is very listenable like mm-hmm. that feet like that uh jazzy one we listened to or just a second ago i could have listened to that for a while like yeah it's it, it, just the right pace just the it's not like obnoxious yeah this one you can bob to this one oh, too yeah. am i crazy i know travis you agree with me but this sounds like kirby music i agree like, i hear that for sure. Juni it Ishikawa. Like a, yep, Juni Ishikawa. Juni like Ishikawa's him. music. It, it sounds like Kirby for PlayStation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he does a good job invoking other people's like feels. It, it song's pretty cool. Yeah. Is this from T260G's story? Uh, no, this is more closely related to. I mean, T260G can definitely do it. It's more closely related to like Red and Fuses, kind of. I'm trying to because I beat that game up and down, but I don't remember this song. Let me look up where Leonard is. Yeah, he's one of the more obscure characters, but he is in the game. <laughs> well, Red is probably story-wise, Red is probably the least important because his character. He's the only character you can't recruit with any other character. He has his own standalone story, and it's a revenge story, and that's it. Matt, who are you going to pass that duchy to? I'll pass the duchy to Andy. Who? Like I did the right. first time. Back to me, okay. Oh, no, you're right. He is in T260G's quest. You're right. Um. All right, this next one. Uh. Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. <laughs> yes. Actually, you're kind of close. Uh, <laughs> this guy um, does a lot of music for uh, games that are based off of, um, well, not Hans Zimmer, but John Williams. He's got a lot of real world like influence. Yeah. I listened to an episode of Pixelated Audio today. Where they oh, talk, really? they talk to him. 
Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, he's done a lot of games for the same company that did, like, Grim Fandango and stuff. So yeah. He, like, he's, like, their composer, and the way he talks about it, he, he's so cool. He's, like, really cool about everything. So really? I'll, I'll send you a link to that episode. Yeah, and I'd love you, to hear. You should just listen to that podcast. Anyway, shout out to those dudes. They're, they're still doing it. Um, they're like ten years in. <laughs> nice. And, oh wow, ten yeah. years and they haven't they haven't killed themselves yet. No. Oh. <laughs> I know, I'm close. I'm on the edge, I mean, man. We're out. We're only nine hundred and eighty something episodes away from our suicide pack. So. Uh, we're that, we're like forty thousand episodes. No, we're sixty thousand episodes away. Oh yeah. Remember six thousand <laughs> episode six thousand nine hundred uh, six thousand sixty nine thousand four hundred twenty. That's it. Oh I'm, yeah. I, I forgot we're, numbers. We're, so we're sixty eight thousand episodes away. Wait, essentially. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're still in the sixty nine because we haven't yeah, done four hundred twenty episodes. Um, oh, all right. Anyway, that's a long time away. Never mind. <laughs> we're never gonna die. It, we're gonna live forever. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, um, but uh, this guy, this composer, yeah, does a lot of um, work with, uh, oh, yeah, okay, sorry. I was like, wait, what were we talking about? (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to figure out. I'm like looking at this picture of this guy on (laughs) on Google. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Uh, Okay, no, yeah, yeah, okay. This shit is kind of crazy. He was like going to school. Okay, his name is Peter McConnell. And uh, he was going to Harvard and then hooked up, met like through school with somebody who started working at LucasArts. And then he started doing all the Star Wars movie games. And then he did... uh, uh, what is it? Monkey Island 2 mm-hmm. was the first one. And then he did, yeah, then he got hooked up with Lucas. Ar- Lucas yeah, the, he did fucking Grim Fandango. Yeah. And uh, I think he also did, got hooked up with Double Fine and did like Psychonauts yeah. and those yeah. too. Yeah. And that's where I was like. Is that why you did, because you've been playing through the second one? Yeah, uh, yeah. And you're like, this music's fucking awesome and you researched him? The music is so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the music is so good in the second one. And it does the whole like dynamic mm-hmm. thing. He where, was like one of the pioneers of that style. And oh. that's something I learned in that pixelated audio episode with him was like, he's like one of the first guys who did stuff like that and like thought to do it. And, uh, I think that's a double fine game. No, that's a LucasArts game. Um, which one? Uh, Grim Fandango. I forget. I think you're right. There's like a, si- that was like 90 yeah, or something. There was like a system that they had that he like basically invented for it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's great. Yeah. And then he, he Later, he did um, Brutal Legend with Jack Black, oh, which is like wow. the music-based, you know. That's double fine. So. Ooh, that game's yeah. hard to play nowadays. You have to have a 360 pretty much. You can, I mean, Steam. It's on Steam. It's on PC, too, I think. Oh, so, Yeah, it's okay. on PC. And then, so there's it's there's pl- plenty of ways to play it right now still. Oh, good. It's yeah. on, I think it's on Game Pass. Yes. Oh, shit. Damn, yeah. Um, yeah, the... Oh, 90, yeah, yeah, 98 for Grim Fandango, which I remember playing that game, like, on the computer and just being confused and... It's a point-and-click adventure, so it's like... 
Yeah. Not the uh, for a kid, it, it it's not the and it's it's humor is a little bit above like what kids understand too. Yeah, yeah. I picked up the remastered version somewhere. Was it on PS Plus? It's on something, but yeah, the, there's like new music. There's yeah. new music in the remastered version that he did. Yeah, too, yeah. So. It was on PS Plus. I got it too. Yeah, you can ter- put the intro or like the uh, the intro music on for Grim Fandango because it's. The, the, he, oh man. And then uh, Psychonauts has an incredible soundtrack. Absolutely incredible. And this guy, yeah, he, he has really been like innovating in Dude, Sly Cooper. Yeah, Dude, the, infamous. The music in this game is really fucking good. Yeah. It's got that kind of like film noir like. Yup. This is oh, the one you yeah. wanted, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember like turning the game on and like loving the animation and the music, like all of it, but being like way too confused by what so, to do. This is like the actual like intro for the like cinematic, I think. Did you want like the menu, like the? Open? Yeah, yeah. Is there like? Because this is like yeah, definitely is like cutscene uh, music. Yeah, yeah. There is, sorry, I should have. It's just called Grim Fandango, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very exciting. Is this it? I don't know. Like, you, you have to give me a specific song title. Um, try, like, do, like, um... Mr. Frustration, maybe, I think. Or On the Roof, even, is probably... Or it's probably as far as we got. Just get confused. This kind of... Yeah. Which, oh man. There's like a lot of like um, inspiration for this soundtrack. He was saying. Oh really? Yeah, uh, because like his, uh, I th- I think this is a double fine game, right? I, I always forget which one it is. But double like, fine does make Psychonauts. Yes. No, no, Grim Fandango. Grim, no, that's Lucas Arts. Oh, okay. So like, yeah, but yeah. Um, for this crazy, crazy for this, song though. For this game, there's like Mexican influence. Uh, Mm, there, there's like yeah. yeah, it's like a obscure, like Mexican genre of like native music there. Um, then there's also like the film noir stuff. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it's really good though. I like the the, the tracks that they picked for that episode are also very, like super good. And it was a very satisfying track to listen to. Yeah. That. <clears throat> hit- yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, with the muted trumpet stuff. Yeah. Wow. Now listen here, sweetheart. That's yeah. exactly <laughs> what he's going for. That's how it's going to go. Yep. Dude. Grim Fandango. I, I, w- I need to play through it. Because you see, uh, you're gonna poke, you're gonna I've pack started this bowl it. And you're going to smoke it and you're going to run away and never look back. You see? <laughs> <laughs> you're going to smoke this bowl and you're never going to turn. <laughs> this 
actually kind of sounds there, there's times when the new psychonaut what, what does psychonauts one sound like is it I think is it jazzy i think it, i think it is i've never played it no it's more whimsical if you depends can, like, on where you're at yeah there's yeah, a lot I'm sure of like, it's all, like cinematic, story dependent. but it's it's more like whimsical okay there's a lot of anything else uh there's a lot of jazzy another one so one from uh Psychonauts 2 they I think it's kind of like New Orleansy 2 okay mm okay big band jazz definitely full of immersion like it feels like it really immerses you in the game I mean if you Hardcore. work for I mean Double Fine it came out of Lucas Arts Makes studios sense. because Tim Schafer, Tim Schafer was yeah, Lucas. Was That's so, why I kept thinking this was yeah. Double Fine because yeah. Tim Schafer worked for Lucas. So it was all it's all connected. So he came over from there. So it's all that same work. And there's a lot of, like that's one of those like advantages with a lot of these people. Same with like Martin O'Donnell. You get the same yeah. people working with same people as they go through, and you just like they just like develop their style. You miss like that, that nowadays now because these companies are just like merging things, and people are just being like dumped and like hired and dumped and just hired for this and like mm. well there's music that's supposed to be just like catchy beats and then there's music that's like made with like psychology and yeah. stagecraft mm-hmm. also yeah and then like yeah I don't know there's it's it's kind of funny that these guys like met in college and then like met at work and then like Versus sounds like a very similar versus story. Versus going to school and having yeah, to like yeah. get, a lot of these people. Yeah, you going to school and having to get a degree and then fucking doing it for free for five years before yeah. a company decides that you're worth money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's different now. Um, what was yeah. your other? Uh, what was another one you wanted to pick? Uh, let's check out uh, Psychonauts Two. There's some fucking awesome music which uses like the the stems or whatever do um gosh this is hard because the hollis hot streak stuff is kind of similar to what we were just listening to but if you go to which one is it the psy king sensorium either the map or exploring i don't remember which one is which but this is the level with jack black as oh, Jack Black, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Psyching. Oh, uh, is it Shrine? Um, uh, no. Well, I mean, this is cool too, but maybe try like the map or the exploring. It's like fucking blues, like, <laughs> like yeah. sounds like a, a like, biker bar. It's Grateful or Dead vibes, like Trucking. true, yeah. It's okay, yeah, like because e- each world, ah, man, dude, this game is fucking cool. You listen to this for a little bit. This is straight up trucking, like you said. It is trucking, yeah. yeah. It's it's a Grateful Dead, like I mean, the image I'm looking at is a hippie van. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, there's not, they're like, uh, oh man, you're looking for so-and-so? He likes to get high. He's up there on the top of the mountain. 
<laughs> like there's all these like nods to things. Like this whole <laughs> level is like a nod to little tongue and cheek jokes like and fucking stuff. Like 70s hippie drug culture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Did, uh, admittedly, there's like one of these like boomer comic strips that made me chuckle. <laughs> and it was it's a newspaper comic. It's a hippie and his dog and he goes, "Spike play dead." And then the next Panel is the dog standing up playing guitar, and then it just says trucking. <laughs> That's that, so good. That made me laugh. I love it. Oh man. Okay, try try um, if you can find Psychonauts two, the Hollis's hot streak. Um, maybe try like Penthouse. Like the magazine. Yeah. Yeah, just like the mag. Like the mag, yeah. Yeah, I think this one. Oh, that is some groovy bass. Oh, yeah, yeah. You just get so many different vibes. Yeah. This one you're like infiltrating because you're underage and you're infiltrating a casino. <laughs> but it's like the casino in her mind. And so you, oh man, dude, it's so weird. There's like, you go to the roulette table. It's in her brain. So you go to the roulette table and it's talking about the, the red is like a baby. Or the red is a boy. The black is a girl like on the, on the roulette table. And it keeps landing on zero, which is like not pregnant or something. <laughs> it's like all of her like like thoughts and stuff being like manifested as some sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. I need to play these games. Um, I, I mean, they're on Game Pass. I have no excuse. Yeah, they're uh, really time. cool. The the whole thing of only being alive for a certain amount of time yeah. gets in the way. Yeah, that yeah. You, it's not too long. I think it took me like ten hours or something to beat Psychonauts nah, two. Those, those platform games are usually pretty short. Yeah, and it's neat, man. They're really inventive, and the music is so good, like all throughout. It's Peter McConnell, man. It's Peter fucking McConnell. Did <laughs> and yeah, yeah you and Jack Black. He's like he sings a song in it. Of course. Yeah. He should. And it has like this. It does that cool thing where like the further you advance in the levels, the more like uh, instruments and stuff are added. Mm-hmm. Like the music progresses with your your advancement. Strange thought I had, but that would be really good. Like like Persona battle music. It, so- it sounds in line. <laughs> with like that. that would be like oh, straight yeah. up good. Just give it some like uh, some lyrics. <laughs> yeah. Um, who are you gonna pass that duchy to? This is, is going to be a long episode, by the way, guys. We're at over two hours. Oh, boy. They, oh boy, time flies when you're having fun. Uh, Ryan. Virtual duchy to the rhino. Virtual duchy. All right. I'm getting virtually to high. Right. I'm to virtually right. high. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to talk about the one, the only, Koji Kondo. Yeah. And it's very hard to know. I, I, I had three songs, but I'm going to replace one of them. So this first one, 
uh, I want to do is uh, going to be the Starship Mario from Mario Galaxy 2. And this is one that there was another composer on, but this is one that Koji Kondo mostly composed. But, you know, he's like... There was the someone five... else, but he only made like two or three of the notes. I was he, the main composer. He, made... <laughs> <laughs> he, he was one of the compo- He was one of the, one of two composers for this game. This is one he made. Uh, the Starship Mario and Mario Galaxy Two, and Koji Kondo, obviously being one of the fathers of video game music in general, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about him. But this is also one of those. It goes through movements and it goes. It builds up. There's three versions of it. <laughs> oh. There's yeah. The, the the more stars you get, the more complex the music gets. Oh yeah, I love that. Mario Galaxy is a That's gap like... in my uh, is as another gap in my video game like library. I have the first one on Switch, but I don't have the second one. Hmm. I played the first one, but I've never played the second. Yeah, I never I've, played the. I beat the first one. I've heard the second one is like tighter and has better level design, but mm. less story. It's more streamlined. And Yoshi's it's in a, it. Yoshi. And Yoshi's in it, and you can play as Luigi through a majority of the game, Instead rather of just... than having to beat it the entirety, and then play through it again as Luigi. You can just like halfway through the game, there's like here's Luigi. Now you can play as him. And there's some levels that you have to play as Luigi as anyway. So, yeah. See, when you get like, uh, like 75 stars or something like that, you can hear the drums kick in now. Yeah. Now the strings are a lot more full too. It's not just a flute. There's like strings and stuff now. Yeah. And this is like the overworld, like or your hub world essentially. Like, before you choose a level, you come back here every time to, you know, talk to everybody on the ship and collect like bonuses and shit and then you go back out to the yeah, real I was collecting world. bonuses and shit for some reason <laughs> all that stuff <laughs> you gotta but collect 100 poops 100 shits yes but a- this song this song resonates with me a lot because i played a lot of it right after a pretty bad breakup uh with somebody that lived with me for a while nick 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 knows her you all know her, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I pl- I beat the shit out of this game after that, and gotta love a good coping mechanism game. <laughs> yeah, it, it to bring you back to reality, make you feel like yourself again. <laughs> like the world's not so bad. <laughs> the ultimate expression of freedom. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just got out of a toxic relationship. The first thing I'm gonna do. Play the shit out of some video games. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's what I'm gonna do whenever I break up with my partner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna yeah, finally when, get through our, my backlog. When me and Tiki get our divorces, that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Just getting into the games. We know what's happening. Uh, what's another song you want to highlight? <laughs> <laughs> so the second song to show Koji Kondo's range. Uh, it's going to be Corneria from Star Fox Super Nintendo. Ooh. Star Fox. He can go from whimsical fantasy to space adventure, you know? He's got a range on him. He did, like, every 
well, not every, but he did. He, a he does fuck most ton of mainline Mario. Nintendo games. Yeah, he does yeah, Mario, yeah. Zelda, Star Fox. Uh, he's done a couple of the Metroid songs. This song rules in every iteration. of The song rules. Yeah, that's so good. The song is so good. It has like hero vibes to it, like like Japanese like hero superhero yeah, vibes. It's, it's very heroic sounding. It's definitely like you're starting, and this is another song. It's like. You play it, and it's the first level, and you're, like, into the action. Yeah. yeah. It plays right after that iconic, like, launch scene. Mm -hmm. The scramble scene. No other song song in this game is, like, as upbeat and vibrant as this. Most of it's, like, like, crazy danger music. I don't think any other level is upbeat and bright as this level. Yeah. You go to to deep space right after this, and then, like, the songs are, like, really serious sounding. Yeah. You go to planets, like, thin. Ooh, yeah, the brawl yeah, yeah. Go through the asteroid belt or sector Y. The <laughs> brawl remix of this song is really good too. Yes, I love the I love the Smash Brothers versions of these songs too. And this song is uh, uh, this song is pretty long for a Super Nintendo song. It hasn't even looped once yet. Yeah. And you're playing with those Mode Seven graphics. Yeah. Mode Seven, and it had the Super FX chip. Yep. Yeah. It was the first game with the Super FX chip. It was the reason why it was created. Man, Star Fox is a game that desperately needs, like, a refresh. And, uh, like, because it's... Every time they, they try it, it, they fuck it, they fuck it up. Stop making Star Fox 64. Stop, stop doing making it. Star... Yeah, just keep... <laughs> yeah, make yeah some, please, make something else. a sequel. Star Fox 64 too. Star Fox Adventures <laughs> was... Anything... Star Fox Adventures was decent. The last good Star Fox, really good Star Fox game was for the DS. It was, I think it was Star Fox Command. Yeah. For the DS. It was either Command or Assault. Uh, no, Assault it's, was for Assault GameCube. was for GameCube. Yeah. Command was for DS. Um, Star Fox Command was back to the basics, like, start, like straight up Star Fox action. Six-player combat, which was very reminiscent of the N64 one. Super good. Super fun. No one caught on. It didn't catch on, though, so it just died quickly. But it was super fucking fun. All right, More Ryan. than 20 different endings in that game. Damn. What's your last song you want to highlight for the night? My last song I want to highlight is the Dark World theme from Link to the Past. I went from Mario, which is like whimsical, fantasy, kind of modern-ish, modern jazz-ish. To space, and now we're going to medieval elf D and D music. And this, whenever you first hear this, you were like, "All right, I'm far in this game." Oh man! I'm into the game. I'm in the second half. Go in, and he goes. Yeah, that that the tr- the the sound effect that you make, yeah. That's such a good sound effect. The sound design in that game is so good. That sound effect is very warpy. Uh, Would you describe it as warpy? Yeah. It fits perfectly. It perfectly encapsulates what it feels like. All the sound design in that game is, like, Mm. impeccable. Like, when you walk in water, that makes, like, the water splash noise. The the rupees are chinky. Yeah. (laughs) Chinky. make noise. There's so much attention to detail in this game that you you expect in so many other SNES games that don't. Dude, yeah, so much. Yeah, it, it's crazy how much 
the sound design in general in this game just mm -hmm. really adds to how special it is. And this game came out early in the Super Nintendo's life. Very early. And it's doing a banger job at sound stuff. A yeah. lot of their sound effects really easily trans uh, translate phonetically. Like you can just immediately know how yeah. to. When how you're to... walking on the like on the stone pathway, it makes yep. like a like a ting noise versus like it's like a yeah like a clicky noise versus when you're walking on grass where it's like softer. They thought yeah, about every, that's the everything kind of, your sword hits makes a noise too. Yep. Like if it hits grass, it goes whoosh. and if it hits a rock, it goes clink. Or it's, secret room, it, go, it makes a separate different noise. They uh oh the sound the sound of the sword like when you hit yeah. the wall looking for secrets it'll make yeah a different it makes noise. different noise and something else mm -hmm. you that's can what do. separates Nintendo design from mm -hmm. a lot of like that's what yeah. really puts them above other things because they think about those little aspects that immerse you in ways yeah. you don't even realize yeah you can look back on it and be like man that game's like incredible like the the amount of thought they put into the design of this game is insane it's another mm -hmm. part of game language you mm -hmm. you see those things. See our yep. game language episode. Yeah, Nintendo yeah. Nintendo teaches you the secret game language. Yes. All right, and uh, I guess finally we close it out with the king. <laughs> All right, we're gonna go from one legend to another. I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself, and I'm honestly very shocked. Shocked. You're not sorry, you're not sorry. We I'm not sorry. One I bit. mean, there's a reason nobody else picked him. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Well, here we go. <laughs> My sucks, final pick. The other king. I was waiting. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes, I'm gonna. I'm picking the John Williams of video <laughs> game music. Nobu Umatsu. No yes. <laughs> Nobu Umatsu, age 64. He's a self-taught musician. Learned the piano at age 11 or 12. Um, while he was working at a musical rental shop, he was uh, scouted by an employee from Squaresoft to make uh, to write music for a video game, which I think would maybe have been wow. 3D World Runner or something. Oh, imagine something like just that. fucking around at Nottleman's and someone's like, do you want to make music for my video game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. by the way, I work for one of the biggest publishers. Yeah. He was also horribly abused by Square for a long oh, yeah. time. But he worked from Square from to yeah, worked for Squaresoft from 86 to 04. And uh, his uh, last work uh, was for his last work for Square looks like it was Final Fantasy 7 Remake, the main theme. And his last work uh, that he's done, period, is in 2021 for Fantasian. And unfortunately, uh, from what I'm looking at, his friend uh, Hironobu Gucci said that he probably will not be doing anything else due to health issues. He won't be mainlining any games, but they do keep him making a few tracks in each new Final Fantasy game. Yeah, sure. but I don't think he's going to be doing anything else from now on. Damn, like he's suffering from health issues, from what I've read. I mean, he's a he's a sm lifelong smoker, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah, but uh, chain smoker. Oh yeah, so you many know. of those Japanese like game developers and stuff like that are because because of the work, you know, the, uh, li the work lifestyle. Many yeah. many Japanese people in general. Period. Yeah, I mean, Shigeru Miyamoto, notable chain smoker. Sorry, don't don't kill me. Kentaro <laughs> Mira, heavy heavy chain smoker. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, oh, he was the dude who did Berserk, right? Yes. R.I.P. Pour one out. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Um, 
games Nobuo was noted for Final Fantasy games up to uh, uh, ten solid. That's all the games he did all of, and then he's done. I think ten. Works. There's co-composers though. There are, but not, it, nine is the last one he did completely by himself. Yeah, but he did not like ninety. He did eight percent of ten. That yeah. he would still consider that his mm-hmm. soundtrack. Um, at, um, Corona Trigger. He helped finish it with a couple other like one or two people. When, uh, when he when he went ill, um, Lost Odyssey, Blue Dragon, and he uh, famously did the opening theme to Smash Bros. Brawl, which blew my mind. Oh. Um, his biggest inf- inspiration, which I found, uh, his biggest influence is Elton John, who he wants what? to be like. His biggest <laughs> stated his biggest influence: Beatles, Simon and Garfunkel, Prague Rock, Pink Floyd, King Crimson. Love that stuff. Makes um, I want to start my highlight with something a little bit farther back in his backlog for me at least uh, Final Fantasy 4 Into the Darkness Ooh, oh, I yeah. want to pick this one this as is, well this is one I associate with uh, Matt very heavily because you've always really really liked this song the song rules and it really encompasses my f- uh, first like diving into Final Fantasy games back when I played 4 um, after playing 9 Oops. a little bit like I like it because you're in a cave mm-hmm. and it's mysterious, but it's also it's very calming. It's yes. a very calming, mysterious song. It it opens up calm intrigue is a good way to describe yeah. it. You're intrigued by everything, but you're but it's calm. And it just encapsulates the feel of this game. It's a Nobuo track. It it's is. got all of his signatures. It's got arpeggiating mm-hmm. harp. It's got like kind of a driving bass line. It just strings. And for yep. being in a fantasy setting in a cave, this music unlocks your imagination. Yes, I love this track. It this... totally unlocks your imagination as to what the characters could be looking at or seeing it. Yeah, it really does. Like it's Nabu's tracks have a way of just opening up your mind while you're listening to them. It, it's one of the few instances in a Final Fantasy game where I didn't mind being in a dungeon. And it's like, a relatively short loop too. Yeah, but it's it's incredibly deep. It's so good. I just oh, this, and then like I said, it just encapsulates like 2000 Flight like Five, like at that time, like playing Final Fantasy Four on. Uh, Chronicles mm-hmm. after beating Corona Trigger. Like, man, just loving it. <laughs> Play, so, you played the PlayStation version. <laughs> I did. It was the worst play to play. So, Loading any other. Times on yeah. Super Nintendo game. I, I had nothing yeah. at time. I had nothing but time because that's all I did was play games. Yeah. It's like this song perfectly encapsulates the somberness of going through a cave, but also the intrigue of not knowing what's ahead. Yeah. At the same time, it's, it's great. Nabuo is on another level. He's totally on another level. And then I want to move on to my next highlight, which is going to be from Final Fantasy IX, and it's going to be uh, Freya's theme. This is is a bop for sure. It's very hard to pick. For shizzle, as Nobuo would say. (laughs) It's very hard to pick a track from this one. Yeah. It's hard to pick any of his... There's rumors of an FF9 remake being announced imminently too. Yes, like, that would be that'd be great. Oh. It 
it's like they're saying it's like this year it's gonna be announced and not to the scale of like ff7 remake but like that's fine modern Maybe Super modern Mario rpg yeah yeah think more of along that hmm. with like some quality of life adjustments better graphics redone music type stuff which i think is i think you really shouldn't mess with nine because nine is supposed to evoke the old spirit of Final Fantasy. I would just yeah. love them to get a proper like up-res where we get uh, not just the character sprites up-res, but like Everything. the monsters, yeah. the backgrounds. And that's what this is gonna be. It's yes. gonna be all like we don't. I think the music probably. The ho- hopefully, they add some voice acting. They. Uh, That'd be to nice. It. Yeah. The song is very. Uh, <laughs> like, Hi, it's me, Zadane. I'll rescue you. <laughs> yeah. The dialogue, the dialogue has also been. Character. The script has also been rewritten. Uh, that'd be Vivi, though. That'd be Vivi's <laughs> voice. Go fuck yourself. More character development in nine. Because it feels ton. like after disc two, they just kind of drop her. Nine like, has she's a. She's just there. Nine has a. Oh, go ahead. Freya. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Nine has, has her arc, though. Well, she gets her, her arc. Ends early. That's true. Yeah. But she does have... Her story does play out. And she's a solid party member all the way through. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> this Not, is your, she's your toughest attacker. Nine she, has a lot of, like, yeah. gothic castles in it and Baroque inspiration in it. So, like, this... You get stuff like this, like, Kuja's theme kind of reminds... This reminds me of, like, a happier version of Kuja's theme in a way. Mm. <laughs> When you said gothic castle, it just reminds me of Arrested Development. <laughs> like, the, the, the gothic the, castle. The gothic castle, yeah. <laughs> Nine has a lot of harpsichord in it. <laughs> it does. It makes sense. Yeah. Well, Nabuo utilizes every instrument and more <laughs> throughout he his career. New instruments. He invents the instruments no- for he, Final he Fantasy He invented games. the Nobuo. <laughs> <laughs> The piano with 5,000 keys that plays every note known to man. <laughs> the yeah. Nabuo. Every, every audible note that you can oh you can actually hear. Oh, that's a Nabuo keyboard. Um, <laughs> and then last but not least. Yes, Brad. I want to finish it off with a, with a track from... This is ends up being like his perfect soundtrack, I feel. From Final Fantasy X. Um... Man, I've been going back and forth. I think I'm going to go with... Uh, I think this is right. We'll see. It's called The Wandering... Or, no, The the Advancing Men. Advancing... Hold on. Advancement? The Advancing Men. Ed, uh, I'm typing with one hand. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm typing with one hand. Oh. Should have last more than five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wanted to showcase some of his, like... You could have picked any song from the soundtrack. This, this is, this is a masterpiece of a soundtrack. Just like, like most of his tra- like most of his soundtracks are just, like, bangers all around. But, like, ten is something else. Like, he's even said that it's, like, his favorite, because he was able to unleash his full potential. It was the first game was that wasn't limited opus. to what the, yeah, the, at the hardware time, at could produce. Exactly. You know, like, he was unleashed. Like, and honestly, like, if he can do what he did with the Pixel Remasters going forward with some of the others, and I wish he could easily, I wish he could give a, a remaster to this 
one, a proper remaster. Uh, yeah, this one deserves it because the remaster it got did was awful. It was bad. It was bad. It's really it bad. It was so bad. It's not. It's so bad. It wasn't just bad. It was like I, so bad. I played through the HD remaster of 10 not too long ago. Actually, it was like six years ago, so it was a long time ago. But like, I lasted maybe five seconds with the. Uh, you switched it right the, over. Yeah, I switched. I pretty much switched it right over immediately. They just to, missed the it was, whole It's point. so bad. They missed the whole point of everything about it. So like, but. I, I wanted to showcase his, like, more, like, I don't know, like, you find it more in 7. It's a pretty good example of this, like, more industrial sound. Yeah. His, like, he makes a good, he does a good job at, like, creating tension in his music. Like a build yeah, up. Yeah, he does. Like a hurry type feel. He definitely does. And it's a straight up movie soundtrack level. Yeah. yeah. But it's. It's so good. That, that's why he's called the John Williams of video but game music. His stuff doesn't like wear its welcome, you know. No, like, it's you can listen to to it like over and over, and it it still it still hits. It's not like it's not like crazy buzz. There's it's like yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> make it stop. Exactly. But uh. Yeah, I think that was good. That was a nice, that was a nice juicy bowl. But unfortunately, I think uh, it's all all uh, completely over. So I think it's time to cash it. It's cashed. Ooh, tasty bowl. Mm, that was nice. That was a fat one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we'll go around and give a nice brief. Uh, Closing thoughts on game composers and what we think. Going around uh, with you, Nick. Okay. Um. Yeah. Uh. We need more game composers. So uh, if you have an interest in music, why not try doing it for video <coughs> games? I know it's something I've thought about doing. Uh. It would be. I think that's that's kind of like a bucket list thing of mine is two two video game related things on my bucket list before I die is write my own like rpg story for a video game and compose Ooh. and also compose the music for it Ooh, that's always been something i've wanted to do um i've always wanted to get into it but uh i hope that i can do for people what people have done for me like people like nobuo and yoko shimamura and you know all all those wonderful wonderful composers in the world so i mean games would st- would be so different without music. I'm, yeah. gla- I'm glad we've gotten to a point where it's such an integral part of the experience. And on that note, I'll uh, pass it over to Matt. Yeah, games uh, Games OST totally makes the game a lot of times. So, well, I mean, the other assets obviously do, but the music, it's such a physical, it's such a physical like stimulus that you get that it, it can off-put you and ruin it. So a, a game composer matters like a ton. So... <laughs> Yep, pretty much everything we said before. Uh, Keep listening to those tunes. Pass it over to Andy. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, it tie it ties it up. Like especially now, as as the games get better and more, more, um, you know, involved and stuff, the music is is so integral. And um, I, you know, like. Nick, what you were saying, um, doing a, it, where, whereas it used to be, I feel like 
there be the Nabuos or the John Williams of the industry, you know. Now you see indie movies and indie games using composers that are like... Super established composers are doing like indie games now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Yasunori Mitsuda guest composed for Sea of Stars. So Damn. that's pretty cool that that's how I, it kind of like reversed, you know? Like, yeah. That they're it's seeking out circle. the... Yeah, they're... You get, you get breakouts too, like the guy who did Sonic Mania's music and becoming the Shredder's Revenge Yeah, T. Lopes guy. broke it, made it... Yeah. Yeah, or, or um, Returnal, the, the guy who made the music for Returnal is... Uh, uh, his name's Bobby Bobby Krillick or something like that, and I didn't even. I mean, I've listened to his music, his like, uh, tech like dark ambient techno music as Haxon Cloak, and then I'm like playing through Eternal and I'm like, damn, this music fucking hits. <laughs> like, oh it's shit! Like, oh, I've I already know this artist pretty well. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I mean, it's like whenever you uh did on our first video game music episode when you talked about the dude who did uh what was it splinter cell yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh tobin uh, something to, uh t- yeah yeah amon amon tobin yeah same yeah like that guy does uh like his big techno name but also yeah. video game music <laughs> yeah so or like toby fox who just like went on like Made a bunch of really bitchin' music for an indie game, and now does music for Nintendo and stuff. Yeah, he did yeah. Pokemon music and Smash Brothers music. So. Oh wow! Or sometimes you just get a game that just hits really well. Like Celeste had really good music. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Super Meat Boy does. Yeah, yeah. a lot of oh, lot, yeah. yeah, a lot of good old soundtracks coming out. There's so much room for for um, budding composers, you know. To if you got like autourism like some you know some kind of actual uh you know something to say behind it versus like oh look at me i know how to use these these machines ableton yeah here's here's a something that sounds like a marvel movie (laughs) like yeah do something cool and there's there's room for it so yeah uh, Trav? Or wait, 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 wait. Digital. 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 Oh, okay. Digital. <laughs> digital. I'm going digital. digital. <laughs> uh, I just want to just say thank you to all of, all of the video game composers out there, you know, for making our experience more immersive and, you know, especially growing up in a time where music was actually literally... 30 to 50% of a game in memory. Uh, (laughs) uh, Also for helping them like, you know, shape and mold my personal taste in music and stuff like that. Like without a lot of those games and stuff like that, my video, my, my taste in music would be completely different, but just a, a big thank you to all of them for making games more memorable and more fun. Now, Travis. Ooh. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Video game music is, yeah, a pillar, just like the writing, gameplay. It's an important thing. And, like, every once in a while you can get a game that can, like, lose a little slack in those other aspects. But game music will, I think, in the end will always win you points more than often lose you points if you try. 
Yeah. It can be seen if you don't try very easily. <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think just like uh, voice actors uh, are were underappreciated. I mean, they're still underappreciated, still, but they were. Yeah. they're more appreciated now. I think it's time for game composers to be more recognized than they have been. And I think they are because now it's like video game soundtracks are on, on yeah. Spotify. It now. is definitely getting so, up yeah. there. We're getting the rise. And I, I really hope that, like, yeah, they get the same recognition that, like, film composers do. Yeah. Cool. What a great conversation. Did you guys like it? Did uh, everybody listening, did you like it? If you did, let us know. Leave us a, a review. Leave us a kind comment on our Instagram. You can slide into our DMs. We're, we're receptive. We're a little flirty sometimes even. Uh, so come on in. Uh, we're on the uh, <laughs> app formerly known as Twitter as well. Not very active on there. We have a Threads. We have a Facebook. There's plenty of ways to contact us. Uh, and until next week... Keep on uh, listening to video game music. Become and smoking. Keep on smoking. Uh, yeah. Compose your own masterpiece. And bye. Bye-bye. Bye. bye. bye.